Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey, this is Gus. It's uh, April 8th, 2015. It's uh, Wednesday night. This is call number 134084. And uh, we can get together on Wednesday nights. Uh, this is the uh, Common Law Word Nerds on TalkTube. We get together here on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, if you're following Carl Lentz, uh, this is pretty much all we talk about here. Or at least uh, while we're while I'm recording, that's all we talk about. And uh, Mike... Uh, also has a call. His is on Monday nights at 7 p.m. And his talk show number is 133802. And then, of course, there's Carl's uh, talk show on Saturday at uh, anywhere between 5 and 9 p.m., depending on when the sun goes down and uh, what's going on with his schedule. Sometimes he'll start up during daylight if he's caught up on things. But uh, that's uh, all three of those are Eastern time. And uh, you can get Carl's documents at his website, www.broadmind.org. And when you get there, I'm going to turn my Skype off. Yeah, my volume down. When you get to Carl's uh, website, broadmind.org, please take note of the donate button. We we spend a lot of time doing this kind of stuff. Please support Carl. And his documents, if you want to see how to write notices, he's got a documents tab. Go to that tab, click on it, and at the bottom you'll see uh, some documents there. Also, on uh, Angela's website, she has a tab for Carl right at the top of her page. And uh, for those of you that are new, Carl with a K, K K-A-R-L. And on uh, Angela's page for Carl, she also has some documents there that you can see. Some of the audios and videos are listed there. Uh, as well as at, uh, at my website, which is uh, redressfordummies.org, uh, with the number four, redress, R-E-D-R-E-S-S, the number four, and dummies, D-U-M-M-I-E-S, dot org. The short link to my website is r4d.info, and uh, I've got a tab with Carl's early listings according to talk to numbers. Somebody was telling me last night that they weren't downloading, and I went directly to the talk show, and they were they were uh, stalling out over there too. So it wasn't my website; it was actually uh, the the talk show site. And uh, and I have a, a donation button. So does uh, Angela. And uh, if you, you know if you like what we're doing, uh, your appreciation is certainly uh, welcome. We uh, we put a lot of time into what we do, try to bring you guys some good stuff. But uh, the Carl's early recordings are on my site. Some of them are on Angela's, and then of course on Carl's talk show at one two seven four six nine. And uh, the my website is dedicated solely to common law and to what Carl teaches as best as I can figure it out and and my beliefs because uh, my beliefs are based on 
the stuff that he teaches. It's uh, just plain old common sense. And I've been adding new pages here and there as I figure stuff out. I'm going to have to eventually get back there and, and uh, as time permits to uh, modify the stuff that's on there. I'm sure there's... You know what? You guys have been uh, following this stuff long enough. If you guys see something that you think is you know, should be addressed. If you happen to notice something, please let me know. Uh, you know I do plan on going back and cleaning it up, but uh, if you notice something, not so much a misspelled words, you know, because uh, some people, uh, yeah, when you read something that's not spelled out right, you obviously, you, you know, you know what the intent of the uh, word was. Uh, but, you know, some other things, some, some principle of law that you think might be off a little bit or not clear enough, uh, if you want more on that, um, just send me a Skype message and let me know. My uh, Skype is Gus.Rettinge. Waldeck54, your phone's ringing. I'll mute you out if I have. Sure. Uh, you can uh, hit star six to unmute or star eight to put your hand up if you're having a hard time unmuting. I don't like to mute before. But if you want to get a hold of me, you can get a hold of me on Skype at gus.breton, G-U-S dot B-R-E-T-O-N. And at redress.org, there's an About tab with uh, my name on it. Carl's, you know, Carl's got a tab, so does Craig Lynch. You can find our contact information there, including my email. And you can get a hold of... Uh, uh, Mike, if you're looking to talk to him or to get on his call, his uh, contact information is on the tab uh, on my website, the TalkShoe tab. His uh, TalkShoe is Calm in Law, which uh, which is also his Skype name, C-A-L-M-I-N-L-A-W. So if you guys are new to this stuff and you're looking for other places to you know get a, a handle on this, you know, there's plenty of resources. There's plenty of places to to get started. Hopefully, there'll be more in the near future. I know Ron uh, Ron's, uh, Ron Ron is doing a call now on Tuesday nights. I uh, just found out about that yesterday, and uh, I don't know what the talk show number is yet. Or uh, you know, I don't. I think this is the second one, and he's just getting started. And there's going to be other people doing the same, and it's fantastic that. Uh, that people are willing to put themselves out there. So, you know, please do show your appreciation to these guys who uh, take time out of their life to learn this and to, and to put it out for you to have uh, easier access. I'm not too aware of other websites uh, where you can get the basic information. I know there's a few out there. There's Facebook groups, which you, know, you got to be careful when you get in these Facebook groups or the Skype groups. Uh, Mike and I have some Skype groups, and I'm sure some other people. Mark, uh, Mark in Detroit has uh, a Skype group on uh, property tax, and he might have some others. But when you get into these groups, you got to beware. Not everybody in these groups knows what they're talking about. Just because they're posting things and you're just watching the chat doesn't mean these guys are accurate. I don't have time to watch what everybody posts. You know, so I rely on. Uh, on Mike or on Jules or, or whoever happens to be in the room at the time who's been around for a while, you know, like Barbara or JB, uh, to make sure, you know, nothing too wild uh, happens over there. But uh, we can't keep an eye on, on everything. And, and most of the people that are there will watch for a while. And then after they've gotten 
used to it. They want to try their hand. They want to write things, put notices up, and get people's input. So when they do this, that doesn't mean that this is how it should be done or that we, we agree with it. it. It might be correct, but it doesn't mean we agree. And uh, it doesn't mean you should be just taking whatever you see in those rooms or on the Facebook pages or wherever you find this stuff at face value uh, as if it's correct. You know, you, you got to use your own common sense. You, you've got to write your own stuff. You've got to build your own little group of people. I'd, I'd recommend uh, a group of, of three or four, not not much more than that. Three or four people that are seriously studying this as as a place to finalize your paperwork. You can put it out, you know, in other places. But when it comes right down to it, there should only be three or four people that you absolutely know you can count on to help you iron out, you know, the, the final details of your stuff. So, uh, you know, Mike, Mike is really good for that. If you, if you, if you don't know anybody else, then I'm sure he appreciates me giving him you know, way too much to do, <laughs> as if he doesn't already have it. Uh, but Mike's really good with paperwork. You know, he, he's good at writing stuff out, and he's gotten a real good. Uh, well, he's been doing his talk shoots. You know, this is how we. This is how I learn is by uh, is by putting myself out there and talking, and uh, having people who know better slap me around when I screw up. So you know, Mike's done the same thing. You know, I've heard Carl go off on him for a half hour back in July, and uh, almost a year ago, and uh, you know that that's you know, it, if you're going to put it out there, Carl hears you, and he hears something wrong. It's it, actually that wasn't something that Mike was teaching. That was a personal situation Mike was going through that Carl was giving him some great information on, and it, it made for a really good call. But uh, there's no better way to, to to learn this but to get on here and start teaching. So uh, there's, you know, I see the board filling up. I don't know. I don't have any particular thing to talk about tonight. I went to court with Audra today, and that was wild. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure what to make of what happened there. And uh, I, I didn't know if she wanted to talk about it, but she's wiped up getting ready for court. And she, she said she's probably going to come on to, uh, next week and do that. And uh, Angela's, uh, I, I might be on Angela's call tomorrow night, by the way. I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go. I was thinking about, you know, uh, doing a shorter call tonight so that uh, I, I don't get burnt out. But, uh it, Audra went to court today, and uh, the 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 attorney for the other side is really uh, adamant about controlling the court. I mean, she she's just got control issues. She's a Jewish woman, and uh, not, I shouldn't have said that. I just happen to know she's Jewish. I don't know what that's got to do with being controlling, but uh, she she's just got this thing about me recording in court, and, and she's. You know, she keeps bringing it up, and today I tried something different. The uh, clerk said, is there anybody that's reporting? And, uh, and, you know, I put my hand up right away. I'm, you know, well, I didn't put my hand up. I put my recorder in the air, which was already recording, and said, yeah, I am. She said, well, let me get you a, a motion to fill out. I said, yeah, no problem. So I crossed out the language on there, uh, specifically says, I, you know, said I, I do not understand the, the rules, I've never read the rules, and I, you know, I and then give notice to the court that I am recording, and signed it, gave it to them, so basically, uh, you know, nullified their form and just gave them notice, 
And so the uh, judge came in and he was asking about me recording, and we had a conversation. And uh, he started talking about, you know, my request to record. So I corrected him and said, you know, I'll just, you know, I, I'm not requesting anything. I, I'm just, you know, I gave notice to the court that I am recording. It's a public hearing. You know, the, the recordings are available afterwards for 25 bucks. Why should I pay for something that I can get for free? And it, the concerns were, you know, well, there's children involved and there's all this stuff. And there's privacy concerns and the the man looked at me and said, you know, do you understand there's there's privacy, you know, these privacy concerns? I said, I said, of course I understand what a privacy concern is. I have privacy concerns. It's got nothing to do with this. This is a public hearing. Yeah. And, and so he, he says, well, for now I'm I'm going to, uh, I'm going to tell you to shut the recording off and, and to have a seat. I said, so you're ordering me a man to shut my recording off right now. The one, you know, you want me to shut this recording off? And he looked at me, and I could tell I had struck a nerve. <laughs> Something didn't, you know. And he said, yes. And I said, so, oh, I said, correct? And, and he said, yes, that, that's uh, that's correct. And and I sat down, and Audra wouldn't sit down, so he's talking to her about um, how that she should sit down. And it's his court, and, and he requires her to sit down. And she she says, uh, you know, is there a law that requires me to sit down? And he says, well, you know, uh, he, he says, we can take a recess, and, and you can consider whether or not you're going to sit down. And she just stared into space, you know, like she wasn't going to have that discussion. And it was just the whole hearing lasted like maybe five minutes. There was two cops there that were supposed to testify uh I walked out. I, you know, he was he. The way he was talking to her, I was like, "This is ridiculous. This is insane." I went to the clerk's window and I started writing a notice for my free recording, uh, based on the order that I was given to to shut my recording off. And uh, so I'm not sure where I'm going to go with that. But uh, I went back to the courtroom and it was empty. Everybody had gone. Everybody had left already. It, it was only four four minutes, five minutes that went by. I walked out of the building and I seen Audra and Brad driving away in their uh, uh, in their car. Uh, and I was like, "Holy cow! What the hell happened in there?" <laughs> when I walked into the courtroom, I thought it, I saw it was empty. I thought somebody got arrested. So it, it, Audra and I talked a little bit about that today, but uh, it was just a really weird. It, it was a very it was a pretty serious issue today too, and uh, for for the man acting as judge to just shut the hearing down with two cops that were, you know, subpoenaed to testify. They never got a chance to speak. The attorney never really got a chance to speak. Audra uh, kept shutting her down. So I'm not sure what the heck happened. Uh, She was obviously not consenting to the jurisdiction of the court, which is uh, pretty cool stuff. So, uh, sorry... At this point, not getting. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't have been there to see it, Audrey. <laughs> uh, so it, it was just a really weird hearing, and we're gonna wait and see what comes out of it to to try to make sense of how it all went down, and uh, because I'm not quite sure. So anyway, the floor is open. I don't really have any plans tonight. Angela, I see you listening. Yes, I'll do the call tomorrow night. I'll just keep this one short tonight so I, uh, I don't get burnt out. I can 
I've noticed that uh, it, I'm pretty good for the first two hours. By the third hour, I'm I'm, I'm getting, uh, you know, I'm, my focus just ain't there. And uh, after that, forget it. <laughs> the last two hours of Carl's call on Saturday, I was, I'm still there, but I'm just, you know, monitoring, uh, hoping somebody else is going to step in. Mike, uh, Mike can go five hours easy, and then he does an after call, but that's not me. So, uh, I don't know if you guys hey, got Derek. any questions. Hey. Hey, it's Derek. Hey, Derek. Hey, man. How you doing? <laughs> Hey, I just got back from court. You did? About what kind of, 10 minutes what ago. kind of court? It was a hearing in their traffic court. A traffic case, all right. Yeah, like uh, like we've been talking about. Yeah, I, and I, yeah, I, remember, I thought you had more than one issue. Go ahead. What's, uh, what's the traffic case about? What happened? Well, I uh, put in a notice. It was a real quick notice before I went in and... Um, well, no, before that, kind of one, what, you before get that yeah, the first thing was uh, one thing stacked on another. Oh, oh, I got pulled what? over originally for, uh, originally it was for uh, not, like, turning and, and signaling soon enough before a turn and ended up that uh, they uh, found that the tags had been expired, even though I just bought the tags two days before on that car. And they found I didn't have a license on me, didn't have my insurance on me, didn't have the notice of transaction submitted to get the uh, title for the new car. Um, and I didn't understand a damn thing they were talking about, so I ended up pulling around the corner and getting tagged again and uh, ended up feeling forced into uh, signing a uh, impound agreement. A week later, I uh, got my car back, uh, paid 260 bucks to get it back, um, I didn't didn't know any of the anything about common law. I didn't know that from statutory law at all. Um, and uh, later on, I was studying it and found out that the signature had to be voluntary, or they couldn't have taken my car, and that the license had to be voluntary, or they couldn't have done anything whatsoever at all. Um, and that was the first incident back in July that. Um, seemed to have gone silent for a while. I uh, had three tickets off of that one. Uh, two were in a, in a city court and one was in a county court. Apparently the one in the county court got, got dropped. Um, one, in, one in the city court got dropped. And another one in the city court that was for, uh, for driving without insurance was what ended up suspending my license. So fast forward about six months. Um, it, it's a long, it's a long story. Um, yeah. So fast forward six months, and about a month ago, beginning of March, I get pulled over for their speeding. It's like two miles over what what I've been told by people in the know that cops are looking out for guys going over seventy, even though the posted speed limit is fifty-five. I was going seventy-two. Pulled me over. Said your your license has been suspended. I'm like, what? Because I got notices in the mail, and they had two two things that there were one from the court that was five days after the one uh, point was supposed to be. So I was like, they say that uh, your license will be suspended, shall be suspended, if these conditions are not met. Apparently, they went ahead and suspended my license, and they want money. 
they didn't name me, you know, they, they named me, but the, the person that was, there was no person signing it. Basically, the person signing it was a corporation itself. It was a form letter. So I pretty much ignored it. I'm, probably that was a mistake. Probably should have responded in the mail. I know that. <laughs> I know that now. So the guy that pulled me over in March, this second thing that happened, he also said, don't drive away. If you drive away, I'll pull you over again and I will tow your car. And I said to him, um, it, you realize that I handed you that, that driver's license as, as identification so you could see that that is me, that is that name that owns this car. So the, the paper trail is complete. That I'm not under that license right now. And he says, I, I don't, I'm not going to play word games with you right now. And, and by my attitude, I, I guess I pissed him off. So he dropped the citation in my window and said, I'm leaving. Don't drive away. Because I had explained to him that towing, to me, meant stealing my property. He said so, he didn't care. So the, he's going to tow the car because your driver's license is, is not valid. Something not, like because that. The, not because the tags of the car or not because... Uh, You've only got three wheels on the on, on the car, but because you know specifically because of your of the uh, the incompleteness of your driving ability, according to him. Yeah, you know, because yeah, that sounds just because about your right. license, yeah, your license is somehow defective in his mind, and if you so somebody else could have taken the car and gone with it, but not you. Right, and that's what ended up happening. My dad ended up picking me up in my car and driving me home. At which okay. point, I was a nervous—I was a nervous wreck at that point. All right, and what happened next? Yeah, um, cause I, I had explained to the guy that came up to my window that I figured he would be stealing my car if if, if he towed my car, because he'd be stealing my car for something that he, in his mind, was bad but in my mind, had caused them harm. Um, okay, so when, uh, a state, when they, when they tell your license, when they say, hey, give me your license, uh, you know, the, what they want you to do is acknowledge that you are uh, that, that you are somehow responsible for the, for the license. You know, they're they're going to connect the man, you, are you this guy? Is this you? Is what they ask. They look at the, they hold the license after you give it to right. them, and they say, "Is this you?" And yeah. the proper response. I have, no, I have I, a way of getting around that. Well, the proper, you know, you can say, "No, that's a piece of plastic." Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sitting right here. Uh, right. That, that's not me. That, that's you know, that's. No, no. But yeah, the, that's, uh, funny, you know, that's why they do that. So when you give them the license, uh, they're okay. using that to make the connection between you and and that. Uh, that contract. Yeah. How do you uh, normally, what I'll do is I'll say, "Here's here's the license. Here's the license with my name on it." And they don't say, "Is this you?" After that point, they walk up to the walk up to the window. I've done this with two sheriffs so far. As they walk up to the window, I say, "Hey, man, how's it going?" And they're like, "Oh, hey, uh, it's all right. How's how's you doing?" And we'll go from there. And then they'll yeah. say, say uh, "I see that you did this or that, and uh, just uh, pulled you over to." Uh, you know, we need to uh, get check your your license and registration. They say, can I have your license and registration? And I say, here's the license and title to the car Hello. that has my name on it. And uh, seems to have worked with sheriffs, but not with a state policeman. 
Um, sure. But anywho, um, that's that's not even getting up to today yet. That was that was still in March. Um, so what's so, uh, it, what's the what's the hearing you went to today? Is that this is that the issue you're talking about? It was yeah apparently yeah it was for this uh, second time being pulled over. Uh, offense one is driving while suspended violation. Second uh, is the license is suspended. So obviously you're not using it right now. Right. Um, which for which they want four hundred thirty-five dollars. Presumptive fine. Okay. Uh, second one is um, the shortening is VBR eleven twenty, which you looked at them and say it's basically the speeding thing. It's that I was twenty miles over the speed limit. All right. Even though even though they're looking for people who are you know going over twenty miles over the speed limit. Um, anyhow, well, whatever. Uh, it doesn't matter what they're living. They could be looking for Martians right, right. and UFOs and reptoids and yeah. You know, what the heck? It's got nothing to do with you. You're you're not using your your license because it's suspended. So obviously you're just going about your business in your property. Yeah, but he freaking struck the fear of not God, yeah. but of, of him. He struck the fear of him in me. So I'm afraid that if I go anywhere, that there's going to be a state policeman there waiting to just tow my car and just take my stuff. It's like I'm, I feel like I'm bullied at that point. But I talked with Mike the other day, and he, he calmed me down on that one. He said, dude's just doing his job. He didn't know any better. Well, and that's it. you got to handle it. And you got to handle it with paper, and you gotta, you know, you got the Secretary of State that you can work with. And there's a lot of other avenues. Dealing with the guy with the gun and a taser is going to get you shot and tased. <laughs> I mean, that's that's you know his his you know his job as he sees it is to keep the peace. And uh, when he says jump, if you don't jump high enough, he'll he'll give you a little electric shot to help you get a little higher next time. <laughs> yeah, because because he's he's bound and determined that you're going to keep quiet, keep the peace. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, it, it's the, the roadside stuff. It ain't the place, and uh, right. you got to get the stuff on the record. You got to get the paperwork and talk to the Secretary of State. You know, and, and you know, send the, send a letter to the Secretary of State. Hey, Bob, I'm, you know, I'm a man, and I'm writing, I'm writing to you as the man who's the uh, sec, you know secretary to the governor to find out uh, what what law exists. That requires I, a man, to have a license to move my property about, and uh, yeah, I'm concerned uh, about you know, just a real basic letter like that. You know, don't go on. I mean, if you're going to have one right. more sentence, you know, you may you may want to do that. But you're looking for a man to talk to. Don't write to the commissioner of safety, to the you know the secretary for the Department of Transportation. You know, they're not in that mindset. They're, they're not dealing with man. The Secretary of State deals with man. He's, he's the, he or she is, is the uh, man or woman that is there to to make sure that, uh, that, that you know, that, that you have access to this kind of information. And he might tell you, you know, who to talk to. And and if you do end up writing to somebody with a, a more official capacity about that, uh, you know, be clear about what you're writing to them about. We we've we've got to get better at letter writing, you know. And 
Mike helped me out with that one. Yeah, Mike. Mike's definitely got a good grasp on letter writing. You know, as do quite a few other people. Uh, but you know, Mike's Mike's more available. And you know, the the word nerds uh, Skype group and the common law Skype group and these other you know groups for IRS issues and so on. There's a lot of groups, and you know, uh, that's a great place to post stuff. Uh, one of the things that I've noticed is that when somebody posts. You know, somebody will get into a group and post something, and then they're looking for everybody to jump on and help them with their stuff. And uh, if you have not participated in the group, then uh, why should people help you out? So right, it's, yeah. a, it's a give and take. Yeah, I can see you're new. I, I know you're new, and everybody was new at one point, and everybody wanted everybody else's help. But you got to give, and we've all yeah. gotten to the point, especially the people who've been around for six months or a year, we've all gotten to the point where, oh, look, here's the new guy who wants to know all his answers so he can go away next week and we're never going to hear from him again. <laughs> you know, why should we dedicate our time to answering all these questions and helping people with I all this paperwork if you haven't been connected, you haven't been on the calls, you're not studying your butt off, you know, Damien oh, yeah. was on on the call Saturday, and uh, now he's got six kids. Him and his wife. I just finished reading uh, all the all the paperwork that he sent me, and I'm I'm waiting for more. And he's he's checking in, you know into certain things. But that man has been studying his ass off, and I'm going to help that guy because because you know he deserves some help. I mean, it's, just, it's easy to see that he's been studying, and somebody who's asking me questions who doesn't. You know, like I cleaned up a letter and threw it up on TalkShoot, I mean, on, uh, in the Word Nerds group today. But, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody would have addressed the this particular this particular notice because it said, it started off with, I speak to you as, you know, and this is a notice. You're not, you're not speaking, you're writing. And, you know, if you're not any more concise about what you're putting on in your notice, uh, and you want people to help you with that, you know, they can tell you haven't been paying attention very long, you haven't been studying, you're, you're just giving, you're just winging it and throwing it up there to see what somebody says. You can't do that. People aren't going to let themselves get burnt out like, you know, I did, and and hopefully others have, have you know, learned the same lesson, you know. Uh, give, give people some audio to study, give people something to read, and, and and let them go, you know, let them prove themselves. Because if, if they're not studying, if they're not listening, uh, I'm not going to get burnt out again. You know, I'm just starting right. to come back. Yeah, sounds like you've had a busy week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, you know, they're all the same. It's just, uh, there's never enough time. It's already Wednesday. feels like I just got up Sunday morning. <clears throat> uh, I woke up tired too, man. So you went to court today. Yep. Um, so what I did before I went to court was I put in two uh, letters, one to uh, the man who handed me that that ticket that I told you about that ended up suspending the license, and the other to the man of the uh, the ticket that I came in regarding today. I don't even know what regarding means. Sorry about that. <laughs> I let that one well, slip. The the, the uh, case that you were in court for today had to do with driving after revocation of license. Is that what they were calling it? That they were calling it driving while suspended violation. Driving, 
Okay. And the uh, is that the only thing that was going on in court today? Um, well, was that that and the speeding thing? Um, but it took him about ten minutes to get rid of me, and I think I know why. Okay, so there was you went to court for both the speeding, which uh, later resulted in. Uh, oh, oh, oh! I see, I see what's happening here. Uh, no, I came in about one ticket today. Which one? It was, it was, it was just one ticket with two charges on it. But okay, it has this dragon ball. They, they can't charge you with with two different things for one. For instance, if if I um, if I take a tennis ball and I throw it and it, it, it goes through the car window. Well, okay, that would have to be something harder. Baseball, all right, and it goes through the car window. All right, I trespassed. I broke the window. You know, that's one. You know, but you know, and that's one incident, one trespass, one event. You you can't come back at me later and call it something else. Uh, okay. You know. Yeah, there, I see, was, I see uh, here. It even it even says that it's off offense. I mean, it didn't say charge. It says offense. Yeah, sorry about that. I, I didn't write it. I didn't. I didn't write it, so I didn't read it right. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, it says offense one, you know, driving while suspended violation. Offense two, uh, speeding violation of basic rule, 20 miles over the speed limit. Okay, but that, that's double jeopardy. They can't. They can't say if you if you you know the actions that you did. Let's call it speeding. You can't take the same actions and say driving after suspended license. That, that's double jeopardy. You can't you can't go after somebody for you know you can't call it thirty different things and say you're guilty of thirty different things because you were in your property uh, moving along about your business. You know you can you can accuse me of something you know either driving or speeding or you know something but you you know there's uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's their rules. It's their courts. I guess they can do whatever the hell they want. But uh, right. oh, double so jeopardy! I'm sorry. That, that's got to do. Yeah, with yeah. The thing is, is that, that just I uh, put in two letters, one to one to each man, just to start and see if they wanted to talk about it. I did that today, and I came in. Uh, I, well, I did the letters just just basically how how Mike says that it would be a good idea to, to write them. I yeah. said, uh, you know. Dear man, greetings. I'm so. Um, uh, thank you for the for the presentment. Uh, sorry if I offended you. Please forgive me. Uh, it, uh, I believed I was going from point A to very. I was believed I was a man going from point A to point B at the time. Um, kind regards, and then signed. And I did that for both both men, both men. Okay, who who uh, who wrote that? Uh, I wrote it, hand wrote it by hand. Okay. Well, when you're when you're discussing, uh, what, read the last sentence again. Well, I don't have it in front of me. It was, it was just that um, basically what what Mike had told me to do, and I just put their names on it, and I thought real, I thought real hard about whether I meant it, and I did so. Okay. Um, it was that, um, that last sentence. Well, what do they? Okay. Was, For instance, driving after a suspended license. 
what do they have to prove? What are the elements of the case that they have to prove in order, you know, if you were just going to be in there, you know, statutorily? What, what are the elements of the case that they would have to prove in order for you to be found guilty on that? Uh, you mean the three elements they have to have? Uh, whatever the elements are, they, they'd have to prove that first of all you were there. You know, they, they you know they have to identify you. They have to prove that you were there. They have to prove that uh, you're the same guy. You know that that uh, that was doing this activity. Uh, you know, there's all these things that they have to prove. So you know these, oh, yeah. these elements. And one of the elements is that you were operating under a license. And uh, or operating under a suspended license, whatever the case is. And how do they prove that you're you're operating, driving? Operating means to be in control of a motor vehicle. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think that's the, the way they define it. Uh, but how do they prove that you were uh, under a license, that you were not just some guy enjoying the day? Yeah, they can't prove that because that was something that would have been in my head. That would have been my belief at the time if I was or was not. Well, um, you know, if somebody gave some, you 500, 500 bucks to drive Bob from here to Syracuse, uh, then uh, then you'd be getting paid. For, you know, you, you'd be you would you'd be engaged in some commercial activity oh, which requires right. you to have that that license. Hey, Rod, did you want to say something? Hello. I saw you button light up. Hello? Hello, hello. All right, so I don't know who's trying to speak up. Uh, Rhonda's got her hand up. She's going to let her come on next and talk about Carl's, uh, the the seminar that Carl's doing out there in uh, in, in about 10 days. Uh, Well, I I have a short form of what happened today, if you want it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I uh, put put the notice in, and the notice says, this matter is being settled in private with the man acting as complainant. Uh, I stand to hear any claims of wrongdoing on my part, and I require immediate restoration of my property until then. Um, So I think what I did wrong was, well, first of all, it's filed. It's got the court stamp on there, and the the court clerk lady was a heck of a lot nicer, it seemed to me, than than the the, the guy behind the desk when I walked in uh, to the courtroom. Because uh, um, I handed him the notice, and basically, as soon as I started speaking, I uh, started going off my notice. As soon as I started going off my notice, he started taking control. I think well, that was my main issue. Yeah, I didn't go, "Hey, can I have leave of court for pen and paper, and then come back with more to show him?" Yeah, if you if you speak in court, if you engage in the conversation. If you discuss whether or not you were speeding, if you discuss whether or not you were under the license, if you discuss this stuff, and uh, you know, no, I wasn't doing 75. I was doing, I was doing 68. You know, if you if you're discussing the event, then you're That's admitting fantastic. they have jurisdiction. But, you know, the, the very first thing that needs to happen is they have to uh, provide a a man or a woman who claims that you were operating under the license before they can claim there was a breach of the contract. So they have to be able to prove that there was a contract and that the contract was in effect at that time 
for and I give I gave the example last week and I thought it came out pretty good. You know, just because you're a doctor and you're licensed to practice medicine in the state that you happen to be in, if your dog comes home with a face full of porcupine quills and you stop pulling them out, um, you know, somebody can say, well, you're operating without a license. You know, you're supposed to have a veterinary license for that. And, you know, we're going to pull your doctor's license for doing what you're doing with the dog. I mean, they can give you all sorts of random shit. Uh, But the bottom line is I'm just a guy pulling quills out of my dog's face. I'm not operating under my regular license. I'm certainly not operating as a veterinarian. Yeah, just because there's a dog involved, just because you call it that. So, you know, very first right. thing, you've got to prove there's a license. You've got to prove that there's a license that I'm operating under. You can't just you can't just be assuming shit just because uh just because you want to call it something. Hey, uh Rhonda, go ahead and speak up and uh and announce your stuff. I got a call coming and I'll be right back. Hello? Can anybody hear me? Yep. Okay. Uh, Yep. Carl's coming up to uh, St. Joe, Missouri. Not this weekend, but the next weekend, April 18th and 19th. Uh, If you're interested, email klinfo418 at gmail.com, and we'll send you the particulars on it. Also, if you would... If you're interested, when you email for the information or if you decide to come, uh, you might just put in the email that, uh, if you don't mind, if somebody rides with you, if they're close by, just put that in there. And um, we got somebody coming from Illinois, uh, Columbia. I know Gus ain't on, but he said his brother was down there somewhere, so I wanted to make sure I tell him that. But... So all that can make it, you want to come and hear Carl talk, and I think it'll be a worthwhile thing to do. But just on that man that was talking about his deal, on his letter you said he was trying to work it out privately with the complainant. I think actually the the guy acting as an officer, the man acting as an officer, he's he's not actually going in as a complainant. He's going in as a witness, I believe. Yeah, and I just didn't know what I was talking about when I said complainant, so that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, see, it's the state or the city that's who he's working for. It's his boss that's the complainant, and he's Mm -hmm. just a witness, which is, don't don't look to me like they got an impartial witness. (laughs) Yeah. The guy, whoever, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I figure he handed me the complaint, so he must be the complainant must be complaining to me. Yeah. No, he, he's thought, a, he thought he did he, something about it. He's a witness. He's a witness, supposedly, allegedly, to the code that you broke, that you're responsible to the city, the state, or the county for. Yeah. Or that he he assumes and presumes that you have a duty, obligation, and responsibility to that code. And so he's witnessing that you broke that code. To, mm-hmm. But the actual complainant is whoever he's working for. Yeah. Oh, and the the, the court clerk lady that, that I filed the notice with, I uh, gave her the notice and I said, well, I want to file this as a notice so that I can, uh, you know, speak off of this. And she, she seemed to really 
pretty savvy to what I was saying. I said, I'm, I'm an idiot to a lot of these kind of things, and I'm going to put in this notice so I can... Uh, when I came out and told her that I spoke, uh, said something that was not on the notice, she was like, oh, like, like you guys would. <laughs> um, and she worked with me on that and said I can go to the original court or go to the DMV or, you know, basic examples. But she was she was really nice and really understanding about it. Um, so how, how, did as, end up, uh, how did it end up today? How did it end up was that I handed another piece of paper and the, the uh, judge entered a judgment for me. And in that moment, I was like, "Well, hey, if you want to, if you want to practice, if you want to practice law from the bench, that's up to you." And I didn't say, "Are you going to?" So he was like, "Well, that is my prerogative to do so," and he did so. He entered not guilty on my part. And he understands he's fully liable, right? Yeah, I, I would have come in and said no contest, or you know, just, I'm not contesting that what they're saying is true as far as what that other man believes. It's uh, not going to try and change their beliefs because you know because I have different beliefs, but I would hope that they would do the same, you know. Um, so I wanted to come in and say no contest, and basically by the words that I said, it seems like their their presumption or assumption by their actions shows that I came off as something other than what I was trying to say. So they handed this to me and they're going to send me another paper with a court date uh, for a trial. So they set up a trial. Yeah, like Carl says, well, you people love to run your mouth. You know, you just love, you won't shut up. You know, you just got to keep talking. Problem is, I gave him the wrong address too. I gave him gave him an address, but I didn't give him my apartment number. I've had trouble with that before, so I don't know if I'm gonna get the thing in the mail. Oh dear. Yeah, he says. Yes, Carl always says the problem. Everybody, everybody has. They've got a tongue in their mouth and they can speak. I remember that clearly. They don't know when to shut up. You know, because like you know, yeah. I know but I've I got my when... butt chewed out by him many times. I told him, "Well, if I'm going to take a butt chewing, I'd just soon be from you than anybody else." But you know, we just we, you know, he said, "You guys got a hell of imaginations too." You know, you you think you know what they're talking about. You think you know they send you a letter, got a name on it. You think you know, you think you know who that is, or you start imagining. You know, if it's got John Smith on it. You know, as soon as you read John Smith, you start imagining, you know, that John Smith's a man, you know, about how tall is he, has he got gray hair, is he sitting at a desk, is he doing this? He said, you don't know. John Smith could be a collection agency. John Smith could be a woman. You know, people, who knows? Somebody named their, their daughter John, you know. Right. We just, we just start assuming and presuming John Smith's a man, you know, and we just got to take it one question at a time. And uh, as long as you go at and talking liability and that kind of stuff, you ain't you're not going to get you know a name. You're not going to get them to admit. You know they're just yeah. going to roll right over you. Oh, I didn't bring up his name at all. That was I should should have said, "Hey man, what's your name?" But the first thing that as I walked in, it's like um, I have an issue for I'm here for the matter of 
Derek C. Reed, because there's like two people in the in the room when I walked in. He's like, are you this? And he said somebody else's name. I'm like, nope. Nope, nope, not at all. <laughs> and uh, so he's like, what is your name? So he's like, I'm here for the matter of Derek C. Reed. Okay, well, come on. And he had to pull it out of me of, are you Derek? I'm like, well, that's my name. But are you Derek? That's my name. Well, who's the, who's, the, who's the you you're looking for? You know, like that's when you go into what, what what's the nature, you know, are you looking for, you know, what's, what's the nature of the character in nature? Is it a person that you're looking for? Is it a man you're looking for? Are you looking for the person, Derek, or are you looking for the man, Derek? Right. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so I ended up breaking and I said, yeah, that's me. And he was, he looked so happy as soon as I said that. That was just yeah, that was that was mistake one. Mistake two was saying anything that was off or other than what my notice said. Mistake three was thinking that I had any sort of power over anything he could say. Yeah, but see that's good because you you are seeing your mistakes. You you can't fix something until you realize where it went wrong at. So, you know, at least you're able to recognize that you made a mistake. Yeah. Now you're more aware of it, you know, and that the next time you get in a similar situation. Yeah. And I think what Gus was saying is that maybe I shouldn't be so afraid to, to move my car because that license business is none of my business. It's not my concern, what they say on paper, because it's my property. I'll move it if I wish. I think that's what he was trying to get at. So if you get pulled over again by a man in a costume and he says, uh, give me your driver's license, what might you say? Um, I wouldn't know that. I would say I'm not driving, I'm not, uh, this is my property and I don't know what a driver's license is. Wouldn't I don't understand a lot of what you're say, saying. Wouldn't it just be simpler to say, is that your wish? Is that your order? Well, oh, yeah, that that part, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose it is, yeah. <laughs> and then you can bill him, you know. Uh, then you can send that man a bill for fulfilling his orders. And then you might have a little leverage on getting him to drop whatever... Uh, charges or whatever you called it that they was uh, coming after you for. Hmm. Yeah. You know, and it's... Uh, it's so easy, easier with um, with the sheriff because they just, they just walk up to the window and say, hey man, how's it going? And they're like, oh, not too bad, how are you? And that's our understanding from then on, but if, if the, in my experience, if, it, if the cop car says police on the side, and none of that's going to work with them. Because sheriffs, our sheriffs in our area are pretty good about that. And I haven't had trouble with sheriffs. I've had trouble with police. Well, see, what gives me hope is that I know Carl could could do it. You know, I'm not knowledgeable enough to want to go in and, and speak in a courtroom. Oh, start opening my mouth. But mm. I know that it can be done. 
and that gives me hope. You know, when somebody the first man climbed out at Mount Everest, you know, that gave others hope that had the the, the dream to climb Mount Everest. Now it's proven it can be done if right. you're cap- if you're capable, and you know, if you prepare, and if you know what you're doing, and uh, learn from others' mistakes, and learn from your own mistakes. That's the biggest thing. Is you know. You're doing good just re- recognizing that you made a mistake. Yeah, that's saved me in a lot of in a lot of ways. Just I don't I don't, I don't dodge the bullet. If I did it, I tell you. I'm not gonna try and tell you that I didn't. I'm not gonna try and tell you I don't know what's what's going on if I if I do know what I did. So, guess that saved my bacon in a lot of ways. Um. So yeah, they've got this trial, and I suppose that I, sh- I should be excited about this trial that's coming up. And then notice before it before it even gets a date, and make sure I start forming what I have to say on paper. Well, I would a couple things I might consider is that number one. Uh, who is the trial for? Like I said, what's the nature and character of, of who they're looking for? Is it a person? Is it a man? And if they're going to require the man to appear without someone coming forward and saying that they have a claim against you, then I might think that uh, they might be liable for my time to play the role of defendant. Because that's just, defendant's just a title. You know, I don't have to assume any title. I'm not under contract with them to assume a title. So, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, thank you very much for your offer for the title. I appreciate it, but I'm just going to have to decline at this time. i got too many other things to do. So if you're going to require the man to step into the role, title role, then there's going to be a liability for your time. Is that that your order that you want me to be here as defendant? Right. What is what is your order? What do you want me to do? Yeah, I'm confused. Are you ordering the man or are you ordering the person? You know, but, you know, the very first thing you got to do is get get someone to admit that they're a man or a woman. Like I say, just because we see a, a name on a piece of paper don't mean who that is. It could be a, a company. It could be a corporation. You know, the name for the piece of paper itself. You can call that piece of paper giggles for all I care. Well, I would just want to know who who I'm talking. You know, or uh, Joan, the prosecutor. You know, are you the woman that I talked to concerning this issue? You know, I would like to clear this up before you know it goes to trial. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. And, you know, if she writes you back that, you know, yeah, I'm the one you talk to. Uh, now you got a, a woman's name. Then you start getting into, you know, wasn't letting her know you wasn't driving at the time. You know, there was a mistake made. And if they're going to require the man to appear, you know, ordered to appear, then there'll be a, he's going to be the one that's liable. But 
you know, you can't get too huffy. You know, when we make mistakes, then we got to be a little forgiving too. We can't get too huffy, and you're never going to draw them out. You start getting huffy right off the bat. Right. You know, what? one question at a time. Are you the man I need to talk to about this issue? Thank you. Have a nice day. Are you the woman? If it looks like a woman's name, are you the woman I, I need to talk to or correspond with concerning this issue? Look forward to hearing from you. Have a nice day. And, uh, you know, I'd go slow first and try to try to get a name, get him to nail, nail that down. You know, you want to you want to re- resolve the issue. You ain't got time for it. Yeah. So you just want to act like, hey, you just want to resolve this out of you know before trial. I've already got those letters in there. It says, I, I believe you are the man. Well, that's your belief. Right. So if they, they, if they have anything to say about it, then they'll let me know. No. Not necessarily. You know, you said, I believe you're the man. Well, you could be totally wrong. What if it's a corporation? What if it's a woman? You know, they don't have to answer you and say, well, you're stupid, you stupid ass. You know, you, I don't care what you believe, you're wrong. That's why, you know, I think Carl told me once, you know, don't ever tell him what you believe. But I don't know. That's why you got to write him and ask him. Dear John, are you the man I need to talk to, uh, correspond with concerning this issue? Thank you very much. Have a nice day. Now, if he answers you back, then he just admitted he's the man. So, it doesn't matter what if you as, believe they're a man or not. Yeah. Yeah, nothing's nothing going to change their belief of what's going on there. They look like a man and say they're a woman. That's their belief. Well, all you're seeing is a name, you know. You don't yeah. know. Right, yeah. Or something that yeah, looks start, like a name. Start from there. Start from what you can see. Yeah. Even if it's handwritten, Jane Smith, you don't know somebody named their boy, Jane. What's that old song, Boy Named Sue? <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, I found I found what, what I wrote for those notes, uh, for those letters that I sent off in the mail. Um, it said, uh, greetings, thank you for your presentment. See copy enclosed here, and I put a copy in. I believe said presentment was issued in error. I was not operating under a license at the time of the traffic stop. I, a man, Derek, was simply going, uh, simply a man going from point A to point B in my property. My regards. So there's, thank you for it. Here's what I'm talking about. I believe that it was given to me an error. I was not, you know, telling, basically telling them why, um, why I cannot accept it at this time. I was not operating under a license at the time of the traffic stop. Like it's like getting something from eBay that you didn't order. Sounds seems like to me. 
Yeah, that might be different, you know, telling them that, you know, I I believe I wasn't operating on it. But see, you need to get them to say that you are because it doesn't matter what you believe still. But that's not as bad as, as telling them what they, you know, that what you believe about them. Uh-huh. I said greetings, Tony. That was how I started. Their name? Yeah, greetings, Tony. Are you the man I need to talk to? Are you the man, that, you know, that I need to correspond with, you know, concerning uh, this ticket number such and such, reference number such and such? And I just gave him a copy of it, of the thing itself. Well, um, the main thing is that as man and woman, that we have we have the free will to do as we wish, and that any any tie binding us away from doing something that we want to do, and to me it seems like it's, it's like only in the mind, like it's, it's only if if I believe that that I'm tied to this driver's license, that the only thing that's holding me back right now is my belief that they have any control over me. That if I want to go and, as you say, and just say, is that your, is that your wish to, to find me to that? Is that your order? Is that your order? No. Is, is this, do you order me to be this person? Um, that, that going out and doing that would be simple enough. And the only thing that's keeping me from that right now is my own fear. You know what fear is an acronym for? No idea. False evidence appearing real. Ah, like an illusion. Oh, yeah. I've never, I've never been really good with that whole confidence thing. <laughs> I was going to say, I wouldn't be out there stirring up trouble until you lay that fear, put that fear baggage, lay it down. I've got a question just, for you, Derek. It on you. Hey, Rhonda, yeah, hey, that. Derek. Yeah, I got a question. Um, so if they're saying your license is suspended... They're basically saying that your privileges have been suspended, right? Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know that. Um, well, it appears that they have suspended your your driving privileges. That's what I would guess, anyway. So, if they suspended your privileges, wouldn't they also have to suspend your duties and obligations? suspending the whole agreement behind that card, then that makes sense. Yeah, because yeah. it kind of sounds to me like they're picking their favorite part of the contract to keep and getting rid of the what they don't need. They're kind of picking and choosing what part of the contract they're abiding by. So if you have no 
privileges to drive. You have no duties and obligations. So the suspended license itself, they're suspending... Because the contract's either good or it isn't. Yeah, so if it's, if it's not good, then they're suspending my ability to enter into their society or something like that. Yes. And so if your license is suspended or the contract is in limbo or whatever you want to call it, then um, how can they be writing tickets against a contract that actually doesn't exist? Because they're writing you a ticket for driving under a suspension against a suspended driver's license. So basically they're charging you for not having something that doesn't exist. Well, I think they're charging for not having something that they they say he should have. I think the yeah, issue... What, Okay, but what are they writing what are they writing the ticket against if there's no driver's license to write a ticket against? Because they've suspended the contract, but they're not suspending punishments, duties or obligations. But they're saying that he he should be under the contract. In other words, they're claiming he was driving and he should have been under a contract. He was like a like somebody goes in a hospital and puts on a white coat and starts operating on somebody, you know, in their facility without a, a license, you know, uh, they're going to say, hey, look, you need, a, you need a license to operate on somebody in here. And they're, you know, whatever they might charge them with. But Yeah, but they said you're no longer part of our club until you do something to get back in the club. But they're claiming that he's driving... And he should have done something to get back in the club before he was driving. How, how is he driving if there's no contract? Well, they didn't say there was no contract. They said that the license was suspended, not the contract itself. What is the license? It is the contract. Well, but if he was if Evidence. he was taking if he was participating in a commercial activity, and that could be proven, like like uh, Gus said, he took five hundred dollars to haul somebody across country. Now he's engaged in commercial activity. Now he is driving, whether he has a contract or not. He's, how do you how do you figure he's driving when he's not a government employee anymore? If you get if you get suspended oh. from Walmart, you're not putting on the uniform and getting paid at Walmart. You're on suspension. The rules of Walmart oh. do not apply to you while you're on suspension. But can't you still volunteer at Walmart? Why would you? And I don't think they would. Well, the the, the fact is they're, they're trying to say he was driving. They're trying to say yeah, that but, he needed, they, uh, he needed the license. They, they said themselves that they've nullified the contract at least temporarily. They nullified so the now contract so and now, now dare him to go out and drive. Pardon? They're, they're acting like uh, we nullified the contract, so how dare you go out and drive? He's not driving. There's no contract. He's not driving. They suspended the contract. There is no duties, obligations, privileges, penalties, nothing. There is no contract. So now they're writing a ticket against the contract that they themselves admitted does not exist at this time. They're writing a ticket against something that doesn't exist. 
I think I'd go after the driving part myself because without the driving part, there is no need for a contract. Well, I, I wouldn't even go with the driving part anyways. I would just say I'm a man. But technically, they admitted that there is no contract right now, but they're writing a ticket against a contract that doesn't exist. If there's no duties or if there's no benefits and no privileges, there can be no duties and obligations and therefore no penalties. But they're trying to say he's, he's participating in a privilege by committing an act of driving. And then it's an oxymoron. It, it's impossible to, to write a ticket against a contract that does not exist. It's impossible. Absolutely impossible. You're trying to stretch it in their favor to say, well, maybe they're doing this, maybe they're doing that. But the reality exists that there is no contract for them to write a ticket against. And he don't need a contract. No. Because he wasn't driving. And another I, thing, that's, another that's thing too, is that uh, that man that they're going to put on the stand, sometimes they like to call the officer the complaining party or the plaintiff. And sometimes they like to call him the witness. So if he's a witness, they're still going to have to produce a plaintiff. And if they're saying he's the plaintiff, then they're going to have to produce a witness. And if they're saying he's a witness, he must have witnessed a wrong or he must have witnessed you signing a contract or he must have firsthand personal knowledge that you are operating under a contract at the time. Three things he cannot do. He's going to have to prove that you were not a man. Good luck with that. I just didn't want to cause any trouble. What's that? I did. Come on. I said I didn't want to cause any trouble, apparently. Apparently my actions did cause trouble for somebody, especially me, it seems like, <laughs> by my actions. I'm kicking myself for it. So what are you saying? You were driving under suspension? No, I'm saying I did something that looked like something to them that they didn't, you know, feel comfortable with. So they're complaining to me about something they don't feel comfortable with. Like, um, you know, some random guy happens to walk by something happening and and doesn't like what he sees, he's going to speak out about it. In in normal, like, life during, like, walking around or doing whatever during my day, I try my best to uh, be, as, be as friendly as I can um, when it comes to things that can be interpreted as, you know, commercial or under some society. That seems to be where I've had trouble so far, it's, well, it's mostly just driving. It's moving my car from here to there. That can be interpreted as being driving, or their version, well, their definition of driving. Driving can only mean one thing. If a Boy Scout has a problem with me playing football in the park with a soccer ball, that's his problem. And if he assumes that I'm a Boy Scout breaking Boy Scout rules, that's also his problem. 
you're not part of their if you're not part of their club, they can't hold you to their rules. One of the joys of being a man. Very few people who have actually been, you know, uh, incepted into whatever society they've got going. I, I don't know anybody who knows their rules 100%. Well, lawyers don't know their own rules 100%. Right. There's so damn many of them. So damn many rules. Yeah, they have lawyers that do just family law. They do have lawyers that do personal injury law. They have lawyers for special parts of their their system because no man could handle everything. But they expect us to. Or they pretend that we're expected to. So then so then we give them joinder by thinking that we were believing for a few minutes that we were their person or something, or like we're under something on, on them. Well, and I can't how... comment on joinder. I don't really know what that means, but what I'm I guessing... I, did I say joinder there? I, I'm not sure if I said joinder. Yeah, <laughs> what I'm guessing they're doing is presuming that you're part of their society. That that run, that one right there, yeah. <laughs> that they're presuming. And uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people that disagree with me, but I don't know if it was a good idea to require your property be restored at this point. I think I might have uh, tenderized them a bit and then make the charge go away and then go for your property back. I'm not sure it could be a bargaining tool. It could just piss them off. Hey, this is Scott. I'm back, by the way. I've been listening for about 10 minutes. Thanks, Mike. Good stuff. Uh-huh. Um, you you got to, like, what Mike's saying is really important for, for you to realize. Uh, it depends on who you are and what kind of paper you can carry. If uh, If you're at the point where you can carry a lot of this stuff, you've got the ideas, the concepts, the precepts, the principles of the law, all this stuff, and it's all rattling around in your head, and you can throw it down on paper and move on to the next thing, the next thing. That, you know, If you're rolling like that, uh, then you don't have to be too concerned about getting in too deep because you get back out. Uh, you do have to make sure you're not committing, you're not communicating any threats, but uh, for instance, it, uh, in the letter writing scheme of things, when you write a letter to somebody and say, "Hey, Bob, I just, you know, I'm letting you know that uh, your actions are causing me harm, and that, uh, you know, you, you might not have known that, but I, I figured I'd make you aware, and I'm going to ask you to stop doing what you're doing, and, uh, you know, hope your family's good, hope you had a good weekend or whatever. You know, you, you just send out a nice letter that says, "Hey, by the way, you, you know, this is what's going on," and you. Uh, yeah, I, I hope to hear back from you soon. I, you know, you're looking for some kind of response, an acknowledgement. So, you know, just a basic letter, and then you follow it up a couple weeks later with a second letter. Hey, Bob, I didn't hear from you. Here's a copy of the, you know, the letter I sent you a couple weeks ago uh, regarding, 
you know, this this stuff that's been going on over here, you know, it is causing me, you know, some, some distress, some harm, some injury, whatever it is, some loss, uh, whatever it is that you, you know, you're going to transmit in this letter. But uh, you give the second letter out basically the same as the first. But eventually you get to the point where you're giving a fair warning. You know, Bob, you, your, your actions caused me harm. I've sent you letters. You've ignored me. You know, I am going to seek compensation for this harm or for this loss or whatever it is that you're talking about. And uh, this is what I'm going to charge you. I'm going to charge you from the date that this started until it ends. And, you know, when you start getting into that kind of letter writing, you better be able to carry it on because the next thing is he's going to blow you off and then you're going to write a bill and then you're going to give him the bill and then he's not going to pay it and then you're going to have to go to court and move a claim against the guy for the money he owes you. You know, so, you know, there's this whole process. The first couple of letters and the way you do things on the on the softer side is perfectly fine. You know, communicating your ideas, your thoughts, maybe saying, you know, Bob didn't answer, so you write to Frank. Hey, Frank, I wrote to your man Bob about, uh, you know, this, this issue that's going on, and uh, he hasn't written back to me. I'd really like, uh, you know, you guys to stop doing what you're doing and to change things. This is what I believe. You know, just communicate, and communicating is fantastic. But don't uh, – once you get to that point where you start communicating that you're going to seek compensation – you know, if you say I'm going to sue you, now you're communicating a threat. To say that I, am, you know, you're causing me harm, or not, and I'm going to seek compensation if you continue, uh, you know, I'm willing to forgive you, you know, so far because I, I don't believe you guys knew what you were doing. But to, you know, to continue after I've given you three or four letters uh, to, to let you know this, uh, you know. Now you're you're getting into that confrontational area. You got to make sure you're not communicating a threat, and you you got to make sure you know how to carry it through, and how to collect on that. You know, don't tell the guy you're going to charge him uh, ten bucks an hour if if you don't plan on following through. So yeah, you know, I didn't hear the whole conversation Mike was having with you, but uh, you know, there, there's times to. So go ahead. It, it depends on where you are and, and what you understand about the process of letter writing and and moving a claim through court and uh, doing a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, just got to be careful with it. That's all. Yeah, hey, yeah. I don't want to step in into any territory that I don't know 100. percent You don't well, know how it works. Yeah, it takes time, you know, and. Uh, there's some background noise there. I'm not sure who's. Sorry, that's take. that's my fault. Okay, so uh, when you when you get a traffic ticket and you're learning this stuff, and, and I think I just heard Rhonda. I'll, I'll get to you in a second, Rhonda, or whoever it was that just spoke up. When, when you're getting into this stuff and you're just learning it, and you get a traffic ticket, I, I can't stand traffic tickets. They drive me nuts because it's it, you know it's a contract. And is there a contract or isn't there? Was I operating under the contract or not? Who's going to testify? I mean, it's some real basic stuff. And there's all these people who talk about ways that they've done things, but the, the, the complexity of it doesn't exist. It, it's real simple. I'm a man, and where's the contract? Who's going to testify that I was operating under some license? And that's essentially... What it always comes down to is there someone who's claiming harm, injury, or loss, or is there somebody claiming I've, I've breached the contract? 
and that the harm, injury, or loss is due to the contract. You know, there's some real basic stuff, but none of this stuff is complicated. The complicated stuff is understanding that the word nice does not mean what you think it does, that the word smart does not mean what you think it does. The word argue does not mean what you think it does. Claim, claimant, plaintiff, you know, prosecutor, you know, understanding these words and, and how they're supposed to, for instance, nice uh, means foolish, you know, foolhardy. It means, you know, it doesn't mean what you think it does. Smart means painful. You know, when you smart something, you're causing, you're, you're striking. Uh, to, to be smart is to be painful. And so that's where the saying smart ass comes from. So, you know, when you're writing these letters, you've you got to know the words that you're using. Because if I say to you, well, okay, not if I say to you, but let's say if Mike Miller says to me, gosh, I just met this really nice guy. Uh, he, he's a smart man. You know, I would know that Mike's telling me this guy's foolish and he's a pain to be around. I, I don't know how much longer I can handle this. But if my dad told me the same thing, I would not get that same impression. He would be he's speaking a different language because he's speaking the words that are out there. Uh, but you can't use those when you're writing a notice. You have to use the words and, and how they what they actually mean. And and that's where it takes a long time. The, you know the concept is real simple. Harm, injury, or loss, contract. That's it. Is there a man? Because uh, you know. Uh, you're in court, and some guy's saying, you know, some guy's talking to you, and you, he's asking you a question. Well, the answer depends on who's asking the question. If my niece is saying, "Who are you?" I'm going to say, "I'm I'm I'm your uncle Gus." And if if uh, somebody else says, "Who are you?" I'm going to say, "I'm the Maytag repair guy." Uh, it depends who's asking the question because I'm not the same guy all the time. My personage is different, or my personhood, or whatever you want to call it. So, you know the. Same thing with these notices, the letters that you write, the words that you use, and that's what takes time. The the concepts, you know, are so simple it's scary, but getting moving along with those and, and doing stuff with those is not so simple. You know, it, it's a lot to learn. So when you get a traffic ticket, great, you know, you handle it, you work with it, you try to learn what you can do, but don't get all brave, you know, uh, you know, thinking you're going to, you're going to take on the world because all of a sudden you stumbled across common law. And I'm not directing this at anybody in particular. I'm, I'm just, you know, kind of airing out the stuff that I've seen people do in the last few months. So uh, I did just talk to uh, John Fall. Uh, John did get out today. He, he bonded out. And he turned uh, 54 while he was in jail. His license expired, so he's going to renew his license tomorrow. His dad's going to take him down. He, he has to get that out of the way. He has to meet with probation. And I've got all uh, I've got all his paperwork, his laptop, all his stuff. So I, I told him I wanted to get that back to him as soon as possible so he can get some work done. And uh, so I'm going to drive out there to Rhode Island tomorrow. I don't know if... Uh, you know, who's on that wants to go, but I'm going to be heading out there probably in the afternoon, and uh, I told him I need to be back by 8 o'clock so I can uh, get on Angela's call. But uh, that's what's going on with John. He's talking about a lot of different things. We had really cool conversation. It's fun to talk to John. Uh, I told him I was pretty vocal about him staying in jail and how I disagreed with what he was doing, and uh, and I told him flat out, you know, but, uh, he should have gotten out a lot, you know, a lot earlier. But anyway, uh, we'll talk some more tomorrow. 
Uh, was that you, Rhonda, that just spoke up a, a couple minutes ago? Yeah, I just did. You say your brother was down south Missouri somewhere, St. Louis or something? Uh, yeah, I've got a brother in Missouri. I'm going to say we got a we got a, someone coming up from Columbia. To well, St. how Joe. far are you guys? How far are you guys from St. Louis? The other side of state. Which is what three hours? Yeah. I mean, my brother works all over the world. For all I know, he's still in South Africa. Uh, oh. I don't know where he's at right now. Last time I knew, he was in South Africa. So, you know, uh, for him to go three hours and stay in a hotel room is not a big deal. Okay. Okay, but, I just uh, wanted to throw that out there to you in case it mattered. But uh, yeah, well, he keeps saying he's interested in the stuff. He, he like he loves it when we get together and talk about this. So when he visits, he wants to hear all about it. But I don't know if he's actually willing to sit down and study it. Yeah, you know, I think for him, it's like you know hearing about the history of baseball. You know, he he's listening to the history of law, and you know that that. Uh, so I'm not sure how serious he is, but I'll I'll definitely let him know. Okay, thank you. Thank you. We'll let you go. Did you get everything uh, you wanted to say out there before on the announcement? Yeah. Uh, KLinfo418 at gmail.com. It's the weekend after this one, 18th and 19th. And if you, like I said earlier, if you email, if you decide you want to come, put in the email if, if you don't mind. Uh, carpooling with somebody just in case we get somebody close to your area or something. Okay, somebody's asking. You all set? Go ahead. Somebody's asking about uh, John Fall sentencing is April 28th. Uh, I have a hearing in, in my own personal case. I've got something that's going on on April 28th. So I'm going to. Uh, hopefully his is in the afternoon because mine's in the morning and it's actually on the way down to see John. So uh, I'm, I'm supposed to be in Massachusetts. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, if, if if there's a far enough spread between the two, uh, I'll carpool down if anybody wants to hop in with me. But uh, his, his sentencing's on April 28th at the Rhode Island uh, Federal Courthouse in Providence, Rhode Island, if you guys are interested in going down. All right, floor's open. I'm not sure what I, uh, what, what you guys were all talking about when I, when I left. But uh, floor's open. If you've got questions uh, and you're shy and you don't want to talk, uh, go ahead and post them on the TalkShoe board on the TalkShoe chat, and I'll try to keep an eye on the board uh, in case there are questions. But uh, yeah, Ron, did you do a call uh, last night? Are you starting to do TalkShoes? Yeah, I started a month or two ago, but I've been inconsistent, and it's there's a lot of dead space. I don't record any of my shows, so it's just open to anybody that wants to talk, unrecorded, you know. Yeah. What's your talk show number? Uh, I'll post it in a second. I'll look it up. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, I didn't record my first. Man, I don't even know how many calls I did. Uh, that weren't recording. There's at least five or six of them. The first five or six weeks, I just, uh, and I still feel the same way. I, I think, you know, people should be listening to Carl's calls. They, they uh, you know, unless you've listened to all of Carl's calls at least a couple of times, don't 
<laughs> don't come here. Don't listen to my stuff. I mean, my stuff's fine. Yeah, you know, it might be entertaining in a different way, but uh, you know, if you're serious about learning stuff, I was listening to call number sixty-three today, and uh, you know, a lot of great stuff right at the top of the call about IRS, and then uh, right after that, he gets into all sorts of stuff about traffic issues and driver's licenses. So I'm. I'm I'm listening to the compressed call, so I can't give you any timestamps on it because it's a five-hour call that was compressed down to three and a half. So uh, I'm, I'm not sure at what time certain things were said, but uh, it, it was good, I, you know, it, it, good stuff. And I, I'd recommend everybody go back and listen to Carl's archives. Uh, Ron Ports one three four eight nine six. That's Ron's uh, talk show on Tuesday nights. Uh, what time do you start, Ron? Only around 7. I'm not in jail. Around 7 o'clock, and when he's in jail, uh, he starts later. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it, uh, just that, you know, these are different places you can go to if you're looking, you know, for people to talk to. And there's, um, yeah, there, there's nothing wrong with with, with going you guys, you know, it's great that Ron's starting this call, and there's nothing wrong with starting a call and not recording it. You know, there's, like I I didn't record my call. Somebody told me Mike went back and deleted a bunch of his calls at the beginning. You know, I don't know why, uh, you know, Mike and I haven't had a chance to really talk a whole lot recently, but, you know, I, I can see where I would go back and do that because, you know, people should be listening to Carl. You know, that's where the information is, you know, the, the uh the 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 really heavy duty stuff, the stuff we really need to latch onto. Not to mention the you know the proper attitude. Uh, I'm kind of just yeah. I was listening to myself talking to Derek earlier, and rather disappointed that you know stuff wasn't coming out of my head any faster than it was. I, I felt like I was stuck. I, I was glad that Mike was able to uh, you know move that along. Um, uh, Mike was able to get my head. He, yeah, I guess uh, on on Monday I kind of wished that Mike had recorded that call. I thought he did. That um, he kind of he got he got my cranium out of my rectum on that call. I, I, I was, I was, that was definitely I I calmed down after after talking with him for a while because he said a lot of the stuff that I should have been thinking that I had been thinking, and it, all the stuff all the stuff that happened to me is one hundred percent due to my action or inaction. Everything that's happening yep. to me is my fault. Yeah, and uh, one way to confirm that is uh, you're a man. You, you have absolute flexibility with what you do and don't do. The government, the, uh, the, the, the men, the women that are in positions of government, the, the county, whatever you want to call them, okay, these these the people who act in the in the in those capacities have a very rigid uh immovable spot from which to operate okay the, the legislature creates for them a very specific place uh position that they have to maintain and they're, they're not allowed to go outside of that and you're a man you you've got full flexibility so uh you know in that sense you you have a whole lot more that you can do to determine the outcome of anything. 
you know, the only rigid thing is that I think it's rigid, and that's the only thing that's holding me back, and I'm flexible enough to put myself into knots, <laughs> tie myself into knots. Well, having the fast answer comes from, you know, comes from listening to a shitload of audios is what it comes from. Yeah, I've done that for a while. I mean, I listened listening to Carlos' uh, videos on YouTube and uh, looking at the uh, Uncommon Law Cuts and yeah. uh, Carlos' calls and, and his appearances in like in Calm in Law with uh, Mike's call. Yeah. He's, he's got a real gem that I found just the other day, and I've been listening for months waiting for something like this. Um, yeah. Carl went 282 on Calm in Law, you know. How to handle a traffic stop as a man. 282? 282, yeah. It starts oh, to come in that? at about minute, the fifth minute. Whose call was that? I think it was Mike's. I think Mike's is calm in law. Yeah, but uh, call number 282. Mike hasn't done 282 calls. Is that Angela's call? I'm not sure. What, I, don't, I don't know what common law cuts is. I, I've heard about it. I haven't had a chance to check it out. Somebody told me today that it had been taken yeah, down. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty cool. I was studying that for quite a while, quite a few months. I was just sitting in my chair doing my doing my tech support stuff. Yeah. And I would just sit and I would listen to Carl, and I would search up words and etymology when I got curious, just to see what their their uh, customs are. In, in the court for how they use those words. And if yeah. the word would come up, I'd be like, okay, my my heart doesn't really know what that word is. What what do you, what do they think that word is? And so sounds, like you're ready to, sounds like you're ready to do a talk show. <laughs> oh, I, I haven't had any success yet, so I'll, I'll wait until well, I have some I, I haven't had any success yet. Everything I'm telling you is, is 100% theory. You know, I listen to Kyle. The stuff makes sense. It, it's self-evident to me that that's how it is, and that's why I'm 100% into it. But to, you know, I haven't taken it. I haven't. You know, today uh, I went to. Today was the first time I ever ever went to court without feeling nauseous about something that I was going to try to do. You know, something. You know, some new thing I was going to test out. Uh, I went to court today. I came back. I, I was calm, like right from you know, from from before I left to when I got back, no big deal. And uh, yeah, you get you just gotta get out there and do it. But it's still our theory, you know. Yeah. But it's self-evident, and it, and I believe that you gotta follow through with that. And and when you're talking to people about it, uh, when your mouth uses those words that you've studied and you get that message out, uh, you know, something you know. Even more effectively is doing it on paper, but uh, when you do it on paper, you develop the you develop a clearer thought about it. But it's not going to help you to transmit the information to other people. Um, you know that's something you have to learn uh, from speaking it. And so you know, start your own group, start your own talks. You know, uh, I talk with friends. I talk to friends yeah. about it all the time and, and just say, well, it's pretty common sense. It's like you, you you wouldn't just punch me out of the blue for no reason. I wouldn't do the same to you either. Even if I was mad, I wouldn't wouldn't hurt you. I wouldn't take your stuff. And that's pretty pretty common to me. That's pretty pretty easy to, to get. And I talk with a good friend of mine, and, you know, she's she's been taking me to and from work. She's really 
great gal. She's, um, you know, she's been even getting up like at five in the morning just you know, so she can get to here to get me to work, and then she works an hour after that. Great lady, and we'll sit and talk for hours, for like an hour, sitting out in her car right next to the stoplight, and I'll talk, I'll just talk and talk, like about how we purely the pure part of it is that we have like you said, flexibility to do whatever we wish. And we yeah. can just get in the way of that if we see that there's something we can't do is the belief that there's something we can't do. And it's, it's really all in your head at that point. Because the only... Well, and that's when you've got self-evident truth. You know, when Carl says the plaintiff must appear, you know, when I first heard that, I thought, well, of course, you know, that's self-evident, <laughs> you know, who the hell would argue that? <laughs> but then I started looking for it. I didn't find it in the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. I was looking everywhere. I was like, where the heck is that? You know, and then I'm like, Mike, Mike, John, you know, where where, where do we find this plaintiff must appear stuff? I mean, it's got to be written someplace. It's self-evident. I mean, it's absolutely self-evident. Why is Why am I having such a hard time finding this? And... Uh, we need to start focusing on what is self-evident about common law. We, we have to focus on those because those are the principles of law. And those are the principles of law that the legislatures take and build upon to create the statutes. So the statutes are all based on, on essentially common law because if they were built on something else, they would fall apart. And the only reason that these things carry any merit whatsoever uh, and, and you know, a statute might change and be modified, and you know, so so the exactness of it is subject to a lot of of uh, change. But the fundamental principle of it is based in common law, and if it's not, it's not going to last, but but maybe a year or two, and it's going to get destroyed. You know, by the next people who get voted in, who say that was the dumbest thing I I ever seen. You know, so there's. Uh, the, the castle doctrine, you know, the right to self-defense, is something that's flip-flop back and forth here in New Hampshire. They, they keep changing the words on it, but they're never going to get rid of it. It's based in common law. They can't get rid of the statute. There's there's people who want to get rid of the castle doctrine altogether. It's not going to go away. You know, um, you have the right to defend yourself. Period. You know, that's not going away just because you. You know, you, you create a statute that says it doesn't exist anymore. That that's it's just not going to happen. So, uh, you know, so like, those, like things, how, those, those things are self-evident. Like, those things that are self-evident are, are things to really focus on and to start cataloging. You know, these things that are self-evident. And you know, uh, I'd like to see somebody create a website. Uh, you know the, the self-evident truths of common law, and just keep it real, real, real simple. You know what I did had has a lot more to do with words and word nerds and and you know those kinds of things. But I'd really like to see uh, something fo- somebody focus on the you know the the uh, the essential elements of uh, of the principles of law. Yeah, I've gone on about it in length with family members, with friends, and. You know, I don't talk anything about law about it, and they're just thinking, oh, my God, he finally learned how to, you know, have some common sense. I've been the one one guy in that. I've been the one guy you know that, you know, common sense is a gift, and I was not born with it. (laughs) That's why I fell for that sovereign man stuff, whatever that was. You know, I I filed some stuff that I don't believe in anymore. 
uh, and I've made my family angry because I thought that I didn't have to pay a bill for a service that was you know, properly rendered that I asked for, and I got the worth of it out of it. And I was trying to get out of my, my student loan bills because the, they said that I could. They said that it was possible. And I'm like, okay, it may be possible, but is it right? That think think about that now with thinking about Carl and it's like, okay, would it be would it be good to them if I just didn't pay them for what they did for me? And it's not. I mean I think about it and I'm like, okay, well, yeah, so I, I paid them to do something and they did it. Uh now I need to go on the back end and pay the people who gave me the loan to be able to pay those people in the first place. Because that's the right thing to do. And, the main thing is that I would be causing them some sort of harm through that banking system that could end up piling up that would fall back on, on people I loved or, or you know people I didn't even know. I, I care about people I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know about you, but if, if I don't even know about them, I know that at least that there's a rumor that they exist. There's people out there that that have lives that need, you know, need certain things, need air, water, uh, happiness, food. Happiness? Over their head. I think that happiness is a necessity. No. <laughs> happiness is a necessity. Uh, happiness is a feeling. It's not a... It's, it's a not feeling. A, it's not a thing. Okay, the, if you... It, okay, the, the, uh, you have the right to to pursue uh, property. You have the right to be let alone in the enjoyment of your property. Uh, but, you, you know, happiness is not a right. You can't, you know, I mean, what happens if you have everything under the sun and you're not happy? You know, who, right. you're going you're gonna to sue somebody? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, not a right. Happiness can't, can't possibly be a right. <laughs> Yeah, and I just looked it up, and happy is from chance or fortune. Yeah, the, the pursuit of happiness is is right. fine. There's no problem with that because you have the right to pursue uh, loneliness if that's what you want. You have the right to pursue whatever you choose to pursue. Uh, uh, I guess what I'm getting at, what I'm getting at there is that I want I just want I want people to be happy and healthy. They're more like health. What's going to make All them people will be let alone. If they want to be miserable, let them be miserable. It's their option. You know, but but leave, but let them be. You know, if somebody wants to be, you know, uh, living in the woods, let them live in the woods. You know, I mean, there nobody nobody really pursues misery. You know, unless you're in Kansas, because Kansas is horrible to drive through. Then you might want to go to Missouri. <laughs> but but nobody really pursues misery. Uh, they're, they're seeking happiness. Yeah, and I it's, uh, more like it's uh, the person that they have seeking, a right to. Right, yeah, like they're seeking what they see as good. Somebody says uh, on the chat boards, Gus, I write non-assumption before or above my name in a commercial government contract. Uh, you'd laugh if you saw my license because my name is non-assumption. And then I put my initials at the end. I just write the whole thing right out on the line and put GB at the end. 
You know, there's no hiding it, no ambiguity whatsoever. Just slap it on there, and there it is. Yeah. Uh, for for anybody who's not familiar with signatures, uh, anything that you add to a line or to a, you know to a, to a piece of paper, anything that you add uh, with the intent to sign is considered a signature. So if you write anything, you know, if you put an X on the paper, whatever you put on that paper with intent to to sign is considered a signature, and nobody can force you to do anything different. It's whatever you put there. So I write non-assumption right on the paper. And I, I, I initially... Yeah, um, I figure a signature is a sign of your nature. It's, sh it's showing that you are something that, that's there, that's, that read it, that knows oh, what it means, that's going to stand under it. Yeah. If you put yeah. it there, you did it on purpose. Well, yeah, but the... Uh, for instance, there's... I've only found two statutes in New Hampshire where uh, when a cop pulls you over, or not necessarily pull you over, because I think one of them was a game warden. Uh, it's been a while since I looked at, at these, but uh, they give, I think when they give you a ticket for something that you are, you know, the statute says you have to sign it. And I couldn't believe that. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Because uh, something came up, one of the state reps was asking me about you know, something that led me to look into this about a year ago. And I thought, wow, you know, they actually tell you you have to sign it. And I know in you know certain states in the country, when they give you a traffic ticket, you have to sign it or else, you know, they're not going to let you be. And so, you know, sign right. on assumption. I'm, you know, I'm signing with no intent to contract. That's what that means. Yeah. And what I do at work is kind of the same thing. When they send me, give me anything at work that they want me to uh, read through and sign, I'll read through it and I'll cross out words, write in my own, put a little initial near there, just sure. to say that you know I did that, I did that, I did that change. And what I explained to my the lady who does human resources is that I want to make sure that it's something that I can properly understand, that I can really know what's going on in that in that language of that paper. And they take right. copies of everything that we that we sign or whatever. Everything that we sign uh, goes into a, a digital record of, of what we had, like exactly how I crossed out and put something put something else in there. I make make positive words instead of negative words, you know. And I even wrote a wrote a sentence in one of these things that uh, I hey, will uh, be good John, good and happy John, or whatever. John Falls called back to let me know when we're getting together tomorrow. Hey, Mike, you want to just take over for a few minutes? If you can, if not, uh, that's fine. Somebody else, but I'll be right back. Yep. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Hey. So, yeah, it looks like I uh, screwed up a little bit today, but they gave me a trial, so that's a good thing. Yeah, you could uh, you could fix that if you want to. See, if, if this is just a traffic ticket... Just give them the gears all over the place. Throw monkey wrenches and everything they got. But you could uh, put in a notice saying uh, at one time you believed it would be a benefit to accept a not guilty plea entered on your behalf by John, square brackets, judge, and then say I... Uh, 
I now realize that it is not a benefit and in fact is actually caused it a, a source of harm or it causes harm. Try and cut some words out, but, and just say, uh, I rescind all consent to the plea entered on my behalf. Now they got no, no, no plea. And if they have any kind of honor and you hold their feet to the fire, they're going to have to hold another arraignment. They might find a way to just run over top of you, but it's something else to throw at them. Maybe uh, just pummel the prosecutor lady with a whole bunch of questions. Like every so often, I don't know. When is is your trial? So there's no pre-trial? Well, apparently not. Um, apparently today was just a hearing. Well, apparently, well, maybe that's maybe that was supposed to be the pre-trial. Was it just he just called it a hearing? I said, well, it's well, not a pre-trial. It was an arraignment. If they entered a plea on your behalf, it was an arraignment, and you right. got arraigned. Yeah, just if to be you, clear, I, mean, you, I didn't ask him. If, I didn't ask him if he was if he wanted to practice law from the bench and. Yeah, that, I said, well, if, I said, well, if that, you want to do that, that's up to you. And he says, yeah, that's my prerogative. I didn't, I didn't ask him if that was what he wanted to do. I guess I was giving up more control of it there. Just little things yeah. like that that I'm not- noticing about it. Practicing law from the bench is a valid point, but it sounds kind of ugly. Yeah. Um, uh, he said okay, and he did it anyway. Yeah, yeah, you could, uh, well, see, there's another good thing. You're an idiot in regard to legal society, so, oops, I made a mistake. Yeah, I said that, I said that to the to the, uh, the court clerk behind the, you know, the, win- the windows that we have there. She was really nice about it, and I said, well, I'm just an idiot to all this stuff. She's like, oh, it's okay, I understand, I'll help you out. Um, and I just asked a lot of questions of her, because she was really, really, you know, genuinely, you know, saw that I was, you know, not, Really feeling so good after being in that courtroom. Well, um, what if what so, if you were a complete idiot in regard to legal society, and they were talking all this stuff? It was all going right over your head. Like you don't speak Chinese, so you didn't catch on to what was going on. Just completely missed the play. Yeah. And then you went home, trying to think about what was said, and you decided you were going to look up. Uh, guilty and see what the word guilty means means and then you decided you were going to look up plea and you figured out what a plea means and then you looked up the word behalf and you were like holy crap what did they just do in front of me yep. that would be a bit of a mistake Thank God you're an idiot in regard to legal society because now they can't deny that that was an honest mistake. They know that legalese is is not proper English. They know it's not our common bastardized gutter English that we talk on the street. They know that they pulled the wool over our eyes, stupid us. We were ignorant. But you can always correct the mistake. You have a duty and obligation to correct the mistake. So you could, if if you chose to go that route, you could go back and 
try and get that plea removed by a simple notice into the court. Well, I think I think the plea was. Well, I think it's not so much the plea that was um, the just talked about. It's that the fact that during during talking with them, talking with the judge, judge man said at one point it says it seems like we're having two different conversations here, and I'm like, yes, we are. Yeah, absolutely. And he's kind of switched between legalese and and just plain old speaking a couple times. And he, when I said, well, well where am I right now? I was just trying to determine what venue venue I'm at. And he's like, uh, he said something else. And then he's like, well, are you feeling okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm just a bit nervous. Yeah, I'm just um, a bit of an idiot like, in your little club. Right, I didn't, I didn't say idiot. I really... I was kicking myself yeah. as soon as I walked out the door. I was like, damn it, I didn't say idiot. Well, you shouldn't Not, actually be saying anything. I think that was the biggest part of your problem. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. People, I don't know if it's just some kind of a natural thing, but it seems a lot of people do exactly the opposite that they're supposed to do, meaning they open their Someone mouth and they should keep their mouth shut. And then the judge says something stupid like, I'm going to enter a plea on your behalf. And then all of a sudden they don't, now they shut their mouth when they're supposed to be saying, whoa, 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 whoa. what do you mean on my behalf? You're taking liability? But I think everything should be on paper all the time. Nothing should come out of your mouth except... Did you get my paperwork? Did you read my paperwork? Did you understand my paperwork? Outside of that, everything should be written down. And I don't care if she asked, is it raining outside right now? You answer with, is the plaintiff here for my cross-examination? And then if she says, are you the defendant? Then you ask, is there a verifiable claim properly filed before this court? But you're saying it with paper. You're scribbling it down or you've got a handful of notices already ready, written up, that you're bringing into court with you. But you, everything should be on paper because they will not be able to manipulate your words because it's on paper. And they won't be able to argue with a piece of paper. Because all you have to do is say, did you read my notice? You don't have to speak anything other than that. Everything should be in your paperwork or you're writing it on the spot. You can write notices while you're in court saying stuff like, I require all questions come in a form of writing and I will respond in writing within 72 hours. And that'll piss yeah. them off. Not only got to put everything on paper, you get to go home and jump on Skype and talk to you and get all the best questions to answer their questions with. Yeah. But if they ask you a question, doesn't matter what it is, you could always say, does that mean the case is discharged? If they say, did you get the, the piece of paper that the Crown handed you? Say, does that mean I get to go home now? 
anything but answer their questions. If you're answering their questions, then you're giving them jurisdiction. You're understanding what they're saying. You're giving coherent answers. You appear to know what you're doing, and they're going to stop right all over you. Part of being an idiot, you just do not answer their questions with a coherent answer. Always ask another question. He who asks the questions controls the conversation. If I'm asking you a question and you're answering, you're answering to me. What does that mean? It means I'm controlling the conversation. I'm going to lead the conversation in a certain direction, and you're going to have to answer and follow my direction, or you're going to have to ask another question. And how is their little court game going to go on when it's question, 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 back and forth? They're not getting anything out of you. If you remember all these little tricks, you start to jam them up real fast. Keep asking questions. Do it in writing. Yeah. Don't say anything other than, have you read my notice? Is that your wish? Is that your order? Yep. Yeah, but you can also be writing notices like, well, these are a couple you'd probably have written up already, but go into court with a bunch of notices written up. One of them could be any man who places an order upon I or my person bears liability for said order. You could write one up. Um, for next time, it's a little late for that now, but next time the judge says, well, I'm just going to enter a plea on your behalf. Then you can say, I will answer in writing. And just find your notice that says, uh, any man who acts on my behalf bears liability. And he's probably not going to write down on paper that he's entering a plea on your behalf. He's going to be a little bit worried about placing orders when he gets a notice that he's liable for his orders. kind of wish I got to the courtroom a lot lot earlier than that, so I would have just sat down and thought about it more and had more time to write. What I planned on doing didn't exactly work out. I ended up walking around and sending letters and just checking with my insurance guys. and Yeah, whatever. So... I'll deal with it when the time comes, and for now, I'm just going to go back and study uh, Carl's stuff. The time is now. You've got time. Grab a fucking pen and paper and start writing them out. Right. Yeah, um, I think it's probably a good thing to mention that if there's anybody listening to this call, if you have a traffic problem... The first notice you should be writing, the first letter at least, maybe maybe first notice, should be letting them know right away that the tickets were issued in error, you were not operating under a license, you were not under a title, driver, operator, any of that. You're just a man going from point A to point B in your property. That's the first thing you got to do because especially in traffic court, there's not even the slightest hint that you've caused any harm, loss, or injury. You're a defendant in a contract dispute. That's the presumption. And when you walk in there, obviously you're the one they're looking for because you showed up. 
So the first thing you have to do is make sure you break that presumption right from the beginning before you even see the inside of the courtroom. You make it very clear that you are not operating under a license. You're just a man. Because if you're going to be fighting jurisdiction back and forth, it's going to be nuts. You're not going to know what they're doing. They're going to be talking all around you, all over you. So you want to make everything clear on paper ahead of time. It's very important that you're a man and not a driver. The first thing you should take care of. Because now they have no harm, loss, or injury, and they have no contract. So they got nothing right from the very start. Took me a while to figure out how how very important that is. Because that destroys everything right from the beginning. Define your argument before you even walk in. Define what you're going to argue. Sorry, not argument. Yeah, I don't know who it was, but uh, some wise guy said, never go into court until you know you've won. Like, you have to have everything down tight before you even step foot in that courtroom. Make sure you got everything locked down, everything nailed. Your notices are tightened right up. You got your letters for exhibits. You practice not saying anything. Maybe you go and sit and watch a bunch of trials or something. Watch traffic court a couple times. Get a little more comfortable in that courtroom. And hear the judge and all his shenanigans and listen to the puke falling out of the prosecutor's face. Yep. Just get the more the more time you spend in a in an environment, the more comfortable you feel in there. That's what I planned on doing. Especially, it today. sounds like you get pretty out. nervous in there, so it'd probably be good for you to just just sit in that room while the action's going on, not not feeling the pressure, just watching. So it's not a shock. Gotta test the waters first. Yeah. And maybe sit there and write notices while I'm sitting there read, listening to them too. Yeah, if you haven't done it already, I would. Uh go into the traffic room and maybe start from the beginning and just read right through. It'll probably take a long time, but. What do you mean? Um, the traffic stops room. Go. I, you can probably see the chat history right back until the day I started that room. Oh, okay. But go right, right to the very start of that room and, and just, start reading through all the posts that have to do with traffic stops. You click on history and you can go to from the beginning. It loads the whole thing. Yeah, I'm not even exactly sure how long ago that room started, but there's tons of stuff in there. Like you started February 27th. time you're starting to add people looking at it now 
Tactic one, stay out of fort. Tactic two, keep mouth shut. Tactic three, remember to keep mouth shut. Tactic four, keep pen and paper handy for writing answers to questions and communicating to court when necessary. Prudent and proper. A guy named B Skype forty two. Like the third message in the track in the uh oh sorry, that's the court tactics room. Ah, wrong one. <laughs> But yeah, it's really easy to find. Looking at it right now. Yeah, I would uh, maybe sometime just sit around and just start reading through all those. But yeah, I think uh, keep your big gate shut is pretty important. The more you talk, the more you're going to dig yourself a big hole. That's all they're trying to do when you're in court is manipulate the words, get you to agree to stupid things. Hey, Mike. Hey, what's up? What's up? I was just listening on the chat board. I just wanted just to dial in just to say, um, dude, when I first when I first started calling to this show and we when we first spoke, it was probably back at least four or five, six months ago when we were talking about traffic. I got to tell you, man, you've really, you've really become really good and a lot more confident in your, uh, your, your demeanor and your, uh, your language and your confidence, man. Really kudos to you, man. What, what you just said is amazing. I just, uh, I just wanted just to call and just to let you know, I think you're, you're really learning a lot. You're awesome now, dude. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. Uh, I guess uh, all the hours I spent uh, listening to Carl, well, I guess all the months and months on end I listened to Carl for, and then uh, when when I started my talk show, I just thought it would be a bunch of us that are learning this stuff would listen to Carl's calls, and we'd get on my call and, and talk ideas back and forth. But right away it just started people pelting me with questions like I was a smart guy or something. And it just, yeah. uh, I learned so fast because I was constantly under the gun. Yeah, because when I asked you the you know, question six months ago, I mean, you, you knew what, what to do and what to say, but, I mean, you you just, like, have really become way more concise and uh, bullet to the bullet point. I mean, it's really amazing, Mike. So kudos to you, man. Yeah, I'm uh, finding out more and more every day what's working and what's not working. I'm noticing some things work in some places and not in others, unless it's some things are working on some judges and not on others. But getting used to uh, getting used to what kind of responses the letters get and what kind of reactions the notices create. You must be having a ball. <laughs> yeah, it's actually. Uh, I'm, I have a blast with this law stuff. Like, I had no idea law would be this fun. It's getting ridiculous. Yeah. Like, if I, wasn't, oh. if I wasn't laughing my ass off all day long, I don't think I'd be doing this so much. Yeah. I guess there's humor in it. That's good. It makes it, makes it more uh, fun. Yeah, it, 
I know what it's like to have your own case and I know how stressful and frustrating it is, but helping other people, it's great because I don't have all the emotion and all the, all the stress and whatever. Like I, obviously I got some consequences if I screw up, but it, I don't have the emotional attachment to it. Right. So I don't, I don't sit around and woe is me. And I don't, uh, I don't say, well, this is not fair. That's not fair. I don't have to make excuses. I just cut the bullshit. It's just so much easier. I find to deal with other people's stuff because I don't have any baggage. I've got no horses in the race, nothing. I just call them as I see them. And the emotion is taken out of the uh, picture too. Yeah. Like I, uh, sometimes, well, I guess a lot of times I sound pretty mean, but uh, yeah. I don't give, I don't uh, give yeah, a couple of days ago. People well, get pulled over and they get pissed off at the cop or they go in the court and get pissed off at the judge, but you don't have yeah. any of that. <laughs> That's another thing I noticed too. It sounds funny, but really there's a lot of people that know just enough to get themselves in trouble. I think people got to tone it down a little bit, especially in the beginning. They're supposed to be granny letters, and you're supposed to be asking simple questions. Hello? Hey. Hey, Mike? Yep. Okay, I don't know if you can hear me or not. Yeah, I can hear you. I'm mute out. Thanks, buddy. Oh, sorry about that. I didn't know it was, it was wide open. Yeah, um, here's the issue that, that I'm having. I'm a, like I said, I'm a CDL driver. I got pulled over back in February, February 13th, and um, he, the officer wasn't. He he wound up giving me a. He let me go, but he wound up giving me a. What was it? Thought a complaint against me because I didn't have my trailer. It wasn't properly registered with the state of Indiana, or whatever. Uh, the trailer I was pulling. So I sent the paperwork in back to them. I did not consent to it. I, there's nothing I signed on the ticket at all, period. Nothing. He didn't ask me to sign nothing. He just took the ticket. And I took the ticket that I had. I did, you know, do not consent on it. Do not consent to the contract and all that. I sent that back to them, as well as I sent a letter for verification of complaint. Something, it's a process that I learned. I sent it to the supervisor, and this is going in. This is in Michigan. So I'm not, I'm in Indiana, and I sent it back to him before the 26th. That was the date that it was actually um, supposed to be. You know, whatever they're going to do beyond that. As I sent it back to them, I called them a couple days later to make sure that they got the paperwork from me. I sent it to the supervisor of the district clerks. That's what they use in the state of Michigan. She says, "Yes, we got. I got your paperwork, but." It doesn't, you're not requesting anything. Do you want to request a hearing? I said, no, I don't request my paper speaks for itself. And I, she said, well, do you want to request a hearing or anything? I said, no, my paper speaks for itself. That was it. Last week, I get a postcard in the mail, two postcards in the mail, talking about, you know, uh, owe a fine, uh, the fine and court costs for it, and that I'm a defendant, has my name on it and everything, and if I don't do this, if I don't appear in the state of Michigan, and I called them. And the district clerks won't talk to me now, and the lady who actually I sent the paperwork to the first time, she won't get on the phone, and they send me straight to the court administrator right now. So 
I'm, I got 14 days to respond to that, and I called her again today, and she says, here's your choices, either come to court and appear, or we're going to issue, you're going to be issued a warrant for your, your arrest. And I asked, I said, so who sent the postcards to me? They said, the state of Michigan. I said, okay, who is the person that's sending them? And she says, well, it's automatic. So I said, so there's automatically sending, they're automatically sending me this when I said do not contact you. I mean, I'm not contracting when I'm not consenting to any of this. So bottom line on this, I don't know what to do at this point. I've been I contacted the attorney general and asked him about that, and I realized that they are violating by sending me that information by postcard with all my information on it, the court case and violations and all this stuff, and I might be arrested all that on postcards, two of them. But it's automatic. From She said, what's going to happen at this point? Automatically, if I don't appear for the 14 days or respond back to them, it's going to automatically go in the system and automatically kick out a warrant for my arrest. That's what she was telling the court administrator. Telling them. So I made a law. Never heard that one before. So on these postcards, does it say right on it that if you don't appear, that you, there'll be an issue, a uh, warrant issued for your arrest? Yeah, yeah, I got them right here in front of me. Yeah. I'm guessing nobody signed the postcard? No, that's exactly right. Nothing was signed on the postcard at all. Did you record the conversation with the administrator that said if you no. don't show up, you'll be arrested? Uh, no, I sure didn't record that. I, I sure did not record that. The only thing I've done at this point was, like I said, I called the Attorney General in the state of Michigan, the Attorney General's office, and she said, I said, you realize they violated by sending that via postcard? And she's like, uh, yes. She said, and I said, well, who was responsible for it? And the lady I told her that the lady told me who was responsible for it was the state of Michigan. And she says, the state of Michigan doesn't do that. And I said, there has, so you're saying there has to be a live person to send it. And she said, yes, a live person has to see it, send it. But it's coming from state of Michigan, 52-3 Judicial District, Judicial Circuit. 14-day notice is what I have. That's what it says on the postcard. It's got the whole case number and all that. And here's what they did on the website. Because when I responded back to them, I was able to go on to the Michigan State um, website that showed he took one charge that I, that he was citation, a complaint that he had against me. They split it into two different charges, A and B. <laughs> oh, are you aware of that? He split it into two different charges. And I asked, you know, like I said, and I, I said, I find that weird that it's two different charges from what the citation. He never had me sign anything that night. The night that he said, well, I'm going to go ahead and let you go ahead and deliver your load. Because like I said, I'm a CDL driver. Let you deliver your load. And and uh, just don't move that trailer until you get registration. And I said, okay, well, there's no problem with that. So whatever, that's the officer. He let me, let me go. And then he, he gives me this violation for these, uh, not having unlawfully unregistered uh, commercial vehicle I drove an unregistered commercial vehicle. It was a trailer. Said I pulled. Said I. But anyway, that that was what the charge was. So, like I said, and now all it says on there is buy no one financial cost due four hundred twenty dollars on both different on both of these tickets. 
and that's it. And the 14-day notice, and it says, you have failed to appear or respond to the violations cited on the other side of this card, or you have failed to comply with an order or judgment of the court, including payment of fines, costs, and assessments. That's number one. You've got 14 days of this notice to comply with an order or of the with the order or judgment of the court. Number three, if you fail to appear, this is in in, in bold. If you fail to appear in court or comply with the judgment as indicated, the Secretary of State will be notified to suspend your life driver's license, and the cost to compel appearance may be added to the amount of your judgment. And number four, a warrant for your arrest has or will be issued. That's what it says in this postcard, both of them. And they can't suspend my license because I'm not a resident of the state of Indiana. I'm not a resident of the state of Michigan. On the original ticket, I've showed a couple people this. On the original citation that the officer actually gave me, it says right there at the bottom of it, compliance is voluntary. So it says on the bottom of the ticket, compliance is voluntary. And I just like that I took Go ahead. Yeah, that's, I don't know. There's a lot of strange stuff going on there. Um, I'm, why, guessing you, I'm guessing you didn't record the call with the attorney general or whoever you spoke to at the attorney general's office, right? No, sure didn't. No, it was just sec- uh, secretary, uh, I guess. She kind of explained the process, but no, I didn't. No, no, I didn't, sir. No, I didn't. Yeah, see, the bad news is none of this stuff ever happened because it's not on paper. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I would say you're gonna have to start writing to these people and uh, start getting them to put stuff in writing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It would be great if you had a signature where somebody said, "If you don't appear, you're getting arrested." Yes. Um, um, you could still do that if you're uh, if you're clever enough. You can write to the administrator at the courthouse. And uh, just say I may be having a maybe having a hard time uh, getting there for court. What happens if I if I accidentally miss court? Mm. And get and hopefully she's really dumb, or she thinks you're really dumb, and maybe she'll say, yeah, if you don't if you don't appear, you'll be arrested. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Um, another idea might be to send a copy of the postcards to uh, a man or woman at that courthouse. I don't know who that would be, really, but get the name of maybe the same administrator. Maybe send him another letter and uh, ask him who sent the postcards. Mm, okay, I got you, saying Because there, there's officially there's nothing on record because of our conversation. They right. Of course, a couple of days ago, I did ask them when I was talking to the, the district clerks. They don't have clerks of the court and all that other. They call district clerks in the state of Michigan, and they don't have to give their full last name. They don't have to give their they don't have to give their first name. That's well, that's what they're telling you. Oh. 
<laughs> okay, that's what they're telling me. Yeah, it's okay. Um, the 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 thing that I uh, the thing that I did happen have that happened with the officer that the well you know the officer at, at the time and I wasn't aware of you know calling the officer by you know his first name I wasn't on to that part to that process I've listened to a bunch of calls I'm like getting caught up with all of his calls and stuff and I appreciate Craig that did that online but anyway um I sent him a letter you know sent the letter actually to that officer. And for him to verify all this on the DOT inspection, and the officer, his lieutenant called me shortly thereafter, and he says, "I see your paperwork that you got here." And he says, "I, what?" He says, uh, "I'm not going to say why are you calling and speaking on his behalf. I was I addressed it to him." And he says, "I'm not going to have him respond to this mess." He says, "I, I don't even know what to do with it. I'm just throwing it in the trash." I said, "As long as you throw the whole entire." DOT inspection, all that stuff, because what it is, they harassed me. They had me, they they pulled me over because my light had went out on the back of my truck. They couldn't even really see it unless they was looking for it. Then he goes into this interrogation because he thought my trailer was stolen. I show him the title, and I said, the state of Minneapolis told me I don't need a registration. I don't know what the problem was. So what, that, that's, that's kind of this, the stipulations and all that, that that had happened with me. The weird thing about all this is I'm actually technically – the CEO of my own company. I have my own authority and all that other stuff like that. So I'm like, I'm caught in between the two of this whole entire situation. I'm trying to, you know, okay, if if they do send me into court or they issue a warrant for my arrest or whatever it is, I don't know if, if it's if it happens in, in Michigan or can they pick me. Is it only if I go to Michigan that they pick me up or they're able to, if I don't go back to court or don't respond or whatever it is, or is it no matter where I get pulled over that they'll run it and, were you um, were you hauling anything at the time? Yeah, I was two. I was two miles away from the. I was two miles away from the uh, where the Detroit Pistons play at because I had to deliver a load, and I had I'd only been traveling for like forty five minutes. And I told the officer, I said, I just need to get this load to speak because I have perfect record on service, and he didn't hear none of that. Yes, I was. I had a load on, mm-hmm. but he let after all this, he still let me go. After all this, he still let me go and and finish out my load after two hours of interrogation beside the road over my trailer. So my trailer not registered properly. So does did you tell them who you were who you were working for at the time or anything like that? Yes, I had I spoke I told the officer that I just let him know that you were speaking to a co- a company official. So that way he would, you know, that he just, I didn't want him to go in to start, you know. I was just letting him know on that at the time I was the company official. I was the CEO of the company. So that way he didn't try to, you know, stick me a whole bunch of extra useless nonsense because that's what they try to do through everything so they can try to stick it to stick it to the big, big carrier per se. I didn't want him to do that to me. So that's why I told him that I notified him that, that night. I don't know if that was the right thing to do. It's just something I did. Isn't there, uh, isn't there some kind of rule where uh, stuff to do with trucks is supposed to be handled by uh, some separate ministry and it's actually not even in the jurisdiction of the police or the sheriff? Uh, yes, this is a state trooper, but unfortunately in many of these 
many of these states, and I just got pulled over again last week, uh, but many of the states, uh, they uh, have it is they give authority to state troopers to become actual commercial vehicle as well. They can do they can deal with the commercial vehicles and do the full inspections and all that other stuff. Unfortunately, but, I wonder if that's actually true. I wonder mm-hmm. if they have to have a delegation of authority or something to overstep their jurisdictional boundary. Hmm. Because they might only have certain officers on the force that are properly trained, and maybe they're just letting every every cop harass truckers. Now, now that is now they do do that. What you're just talking about, they do do what you're just saying. They have officers that actually, that's what they do. They are commercial uh, vehicle inspector officers, whatever it is. Now. Yeah, because they have they have cops that are specially trained for canine units and drug squads, and some are specially trained for homicides. And right, right. You 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 know the the, the weird thing is, here's what happened to me last week, and and I just everybody's blown away, gets blown away when I tell them about this because I've been I talk this Carl Lynch stuff to people all the time. They say you're crazy, this net blah 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 all this stuff. But anyway. I get pulled over the other day, an uh, officer goes by me, and, of course, I haven't officially got my signs out like I should have them, you know, just, you know, order a brand-new sign inside the truck and all that other stuff. But anyway, he pulls me over, and uh, I told him, I said, officer, I said, right now I'm trying to get to my daughter because I think her I think her her boyfriend, he said, her boyfriend's house, my wife called me, I'm trying to get over there immediately. The police won't do a welfare, welfare check for my daughter. I think he has given her drugs, he's got her drugs, and I'm trying to get to her right now. And I said, so we can we need to make this quick as possible. And the officer looked at me like I was crazy. Didn't respond to nothing I just said. He wanted to proceed on with the DOT inspection. He wanted to open up my doors, and I say, well, uh, that's okay. I said, is, is there a problem? He said, ah. So he climbed up on the side of my truck. I had the windows rolled down. He grabs my law log book because he sees it. He pulls it to himself. I tell the officer. Because I'd already asked him what his name was. I said, Eric, Eric, put my logbook back down. I don't want no funny stuff. I said, Eric, put my logbook back down. And I just was letting him know that I was the man. I was speaking it. And I did the order thing with him. And he got, eventually, he got sick of the order thing. I said, Is that an order? So, yeah, that's an order. He kept on doing it. It's an order. And I don't know what to do with that at, at this point because he's we're dealing with. And then he tells me he's a federal. Uh, yeah, I'm a federal D. I'm a federal inspector for the Department of Transportation. I'm a federal inspector. I explained to him what federal meant. He looked at me like he had never ever heard that before. What I told him. But anyway, so we went on off, and I asked him. You know, I'm, I'm talking to him about that. I said, actually, it would really help me if you could escort me over to where my daughter's at. Hey, uh, hey, I'm back. I've been listening for a couple of minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. You explained to him what federal was. Yes. About it being a uh, was it? yeah the officer he she tried to tell me federal means it's government that's what he told me. Well, that definition is correct, and I can give you my definition of federal, and I'd be correct. Uh, uh, if you are going to give him the definition of federal, it's got to be based on your beliefs, which are not necessarily his beliefs. So you, right. you know, you guys might be talking about two different things, and because right. uh, that's how contract law works. Uh, you know, he, he's contracted to do a particular job, and the words that that are 
surrounding him in his life mean what he's been told they mean by the people he works for because that's part of his contract. And mm. your your research, your study does not necessarily, uh, you know, just because you read something, you know, for instance, uh, if you look in the UCC, it says the uh, location of debtor. I think I forget what section it's in, but it says you know the United States is located in the District of Columbia. Right. So you know, just because it says that there, that doesn't mean that applies across the board in every situation. Not to mention the fact that you don't understand legalese. You're not even qualified to read that and understand right. what it says. So. Yeah, you know, don't be tough on these guys. You know, stick to the real basic stuff. Don't don't try to tell them their job. You, you're going to get tased. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's <laughs> Yeah, they, your words and their words don't mean the same thing. I was in court and, uh, in September, and the lady was telling the judge, you know, he trespassed on my property. And the judge says, the man acting as judge said, uh, Real cool guy too. I mean, I I was smiling through the whole thing. He did an awesome job. He he says uh, he says you mean he came onto your land? And she says no, he trespassed on my property. And and he says so what did he do? He, did he come onto the porch and ring the doorbell? You know, and and she she didn't understand. He didn't understand. You know that he didn't get her definition of property. And finally she said no, my peace of mind. You know, that's my property. He trespassed on my property. <laughs> and so, you know, the, the words that you use and the way you see them, and, the, you know, we discuss this stuff, but that doesn't mean uh, these people that you're dealing with out on the road agree with you. You know, they have their own definition. If you look at, uh, if you go to courts.gov, uh, uh, or I forget what the, the federal court website is, but if you go there and you go to the glossary of terms, you'll see the words common law. And, you know, they have their own definition of what common law is. And I'll guarantee you it's not your definition. You know, so, you know, one of the notices that I put in the court is what I consider common law to be, which is the the law common to man, the law given to man on his heart through his conscience. You know, that, that's what I consider common law to be. And But that's not the definition you're going to see on that website. You know, so don't don't try to give don't don't try to tell them their job. Don't try to tell them their words. It, it's not none of your business. You're you, you just be uh, a man moving about your life and enjoying you know in the quiet enjoyment of 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 your life, and that's us. Right. And you wish okay. to be let alone. Uh, don't get you know be be careful when you get into those kinds of conversations. Right, right, right. <laughs> The short right? version of all that is don't try and educate these people on the side of the highway. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, I appreciate that. I, right. I said at this at this particular place, I used to you would say in my particular situation with this computer, steadily gener going to generate now. She says an actual warrant is going to be automatic. I'm like, how do I how do I stop all this? Without going to court and, and appearing, because I realized I think I heard Gus she say on a call that uh, I think it was last week on Carl's call, Carl's call a couple of weeks ago. You said that once you appear, you're showing and proving proving that you have they have jurisdiction 
over you when you do that. No, a tear means like an apparition, a ghost. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, right. uh, you're visible to whoever is looking, so you mm-hmm. appear. So you can appear specially, generally. There's all this stuff, and you don't have to define any of that crap. You can just say, "I appear only as man." For the purpose of settling an account, or mm-hmm. or for you know for accepting a claim, or whatever it is that you show up in court for, uh, you know, there's there's a whole lot to to learn, um, you know, a lot of real s- small stuff, but they add up and they add up real fast. Uh, but uh, you, you don't necessarily grant jurisdiction because you appear. You know, I went to court with a lady today who stood in court, and the judge said, "This is my courtroom, and you know, I can, you know, I control this courtroom, and I want you to sit down." And she just looked at him and said, "Is there a law that requires me to sit down?" <laughs> you know, his response was, uh, "You know, well, we can take a recess, and and you can consider what you want to do." And she didn't answer that, and so he he says, I'm going to take from your silence that uh, you don't want to take a recess. So he was trying to gain control, and he didn't have it. He didn't have jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was two there was two two cops in the room that had been subpoenaed to testify. They never got a chance to speak. Uh, this woman shut the attorney down by interfering with her proffering her offers of proof because she's like, you know, the, and I missed that part, you know. Uh, I'm guessing, because this is what she did last time, that she was refusing to allow this woman, to, this you know, acting as attorney, to give offers of proof. Uh, but I'm not sure. I haven't, you know, I, I, I walked out of the hearing today to go put a notice into the court, into the clerk's office, and uh, I was actually disgusted with the way the judge, the man acting as judge, was treating her. Uh, so... Uh, he didn't get control, not, not that I know of. I mean, I, I guess we're going to have to wait and see what comes out of this particular hearing. But uh, she did a, you know, a, a really good job at not being rude and at not, you know, she she was just uh, she nothing came out of her mouth, although she did appear. Nothing came out of her mouth that gave the court any jurisdiction that I know of. And uh, her paperwork went in, and and she on on paper she gave notice to the court that she was appearing only as a woman, and for this particular purpose, and, and on and on and on. I mean, she she uh, she put notices into the court, notices that she had already put in, because she had uh, novated, vacated her previous stuff because she spoke in court last time. So mm. it, it's a delicate balance. Hmm. Okay. Like, okay. like I did. Spoken court. I'm gonna go back in and I'm gonna change what I said before. Right. Put in right. Notes, okay. More notices. So, so, and, and, and I guess in my in, in the case that I'm in now, I would just do I need to go ahead and just try to put like you saying put a notice into the court or send that direct through to I <clears> see <throat> that's that's what I hate about Michigan up here to get this court thing. I have no idea what you should do. I don't know <laughs> squat about what you're talking about. Okay, well, what, what they do, they don't have any particular judge. They have three magistrates for the traffic division. 
and yeah. they just rotate. You never know which one's going to be in there. So I've done the same thing before in Illinois. I sent everything like I did this time, and they just backed off. I mean, they backed off. They didn't do nothing. Right. It, it doesn't matter who's been in there. The, the minute you get that ticket, you write to the department head, you write to whoever it is, and let them know. You know, I was not operating under any license. Um I, I require this to, to to disappear. You know, make this go away. You guys are you guys are wrong from the onset. Get rid of this. You know, this is uh, taking up my time, which is not free. You know, I don't know what you guys are doing, but this is not correct. And you know, hope you know, but you got to do it in a very polite, uh, easy to understand manner. You, you can't be going on and on with two pages of uh, of bullshit. You know, about your rights and and the Constitution and all this other crap. You know, it's 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 real simple. I was not operating under a license at that time. There there is no reason for this to be going on. And uh, I I hope to hear from you soon that this has been taken off the books. You know, basically that's it. That's your whole thing. And if they Can I interrupt? If they don't do that, then you start letter writing about. You know, is there somebody that's going to testify that I was operating under a license? Is there somebody that's going to testify that uh, there's a there's a you know that I was under contract that there was a harm, an injury, a loss? You know, then you start getting into the questions, the letter writing, you know, the, and it's all typical letter writing. It's, it's nothing specific to a traffic case. It's the same thing that you would write regarding a building inspector telling you you can't have that deck that big because it encroaches on the on the property line, or you know, whatever it is that you're talking about. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter what the issue is. Letter writing is letter writing. And eventually you let them know, look, you know, your actions are causing me harm. They're causing me loss, you know, loss of time, loss of sleep. Uh, you know, stop what you're doing, and then eventually a fair warning letter that, look, you know, what you're doing has caused me loss, and I will seek compensation if you continue to do this, uh, you know, uh, if you continue to do it, you know, I, I require you to cease and desist. So, you know, the, the, the letter writing is where what comes into effect. But the problem with a traffic ticket is they move quicker and quicker year after year. They're, you know, they're, 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 they just keep moving quicker and quicker. They want to get you in and out of there before you have a chance to put any paperwork in. Right. But it's not impossible to do. You you, you just got to know what you're doing before it happens so that when it happens, you're all over it. There's no reason for you not to get two or three letters out uh, in 30 days. Right. Right. And uh, well, like I said, they're supposed to, the lady did tell me, the court administrator told me that with the postcards that were sent to me uh, about that I failed to appear after I, you know, I did respond back to them. But she said that the next step is will the system automatically will send you notification in the mail that uh, you know a warrant that we we're moving on and the warrant's been issued for your arrest and everything. If I don't come in the court before the magistrate on the whatever day within the, whatever day whatever time that they do their process. So, so there's a there's a traffic you know incident whatever uh, comes up. You know the very first hearing is to determine whether or not. Uh, there's jurisdiction over over the actor, the man who's acting as a driver, acting as an operator of a motor vehicle. 
is there jurisdiction? Is this, you know, is everything cool? So when you walk in a court and the man or woman acting as judge in that particular case uh, starts talking to you, you, you have to clarify immediately that you are only a man, you know, solely a man, and your your only purpose for being there is to find out who the man is that's going to testify under oath or affirmation that you are under contract, that you breached the contract, or that you caused harm, injury, or loss. Because if there is no man that's going to testify, then the court has no jurisdiction because there is no controversy. Hmm. Wow. Right. Right. The the court existed. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, that was me. That was Wesley. Oh, okay. So, yeah, the, the court exists uh, for, see, the, the purpose of government is to secure rights and to protect property. That is its purpose. It, it puts out statutes, codes, ordinances, these other things uh, for the good administration of government to make sure that it is as effective as possible and not wasting our money. Okay, because we have to. Somebody has to pay for this stuff, so we pay for it, and we don't want our money wasted. So they, we have a legislature that's elected, and they get together and they make all these rules and ordinances and all this stuff for the good administration of of uh, government. So when you go in the court, okay, I, I'm not, you know, it's an administrative hearing to deal with a license. Well, I'm a man. I wasn't under a license. I'm not part of the government, and and that's what you're there for. You're, you're there to to make sure that everything's clear on the record. That's why they are there. They are there to find out, uh, you know, you know, they're, they're there for the good administration of government, to make sure everything's effectively done, that they're not wasting our money. So you got to understand the big, big picture uh, and then the purpose of things, you know, the essentials of, of everything, before you go in there saying, you know, I've got... I've got human rights, and I've got constitutional rights, and I've got whatever. You, know, you don't need to talk about that stuff. It's real simple. Is there a contract that somebody's going to testify that I breached? Yes or no? Right. And right. who's the man that's going to testify that I was under that contract at that time? Sure, I'm a brain surgeon. Sure, I have a license to operate at this medical facility. Uh, and when my dog came home, yeah, I pulled the quills, the porcupine quills out of the dog's mouth, but that doesn't mean I was operating under my license. And I know the veterinarian's upset who lives next door because he hates my guts anyway, and he put in a complaint that I was operating in his field, in his business without a license, and, you know, he's upset. This got nothing to do with me. You know, I'm a man taking care of my dog. I, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Wow. Right? That's where you, you know, the, the very first hearing is where you clear all that up. You try to take it, you, you try to clear it up before you get there with paper. But it's not always possible to do that. People don't always respond. You know, uh, the, the man or woman that you're writing to to try to clear that up might think that, you know, you have no idea what you're talking about, that, you know, they're brand new to this. All they know is their job. You know, I hang drywall for a living. I mean, I go in. I don't want to hear everybody's problems. I'm there to put board on the wall. That's it. You know, if there's an electrician in the way, I'm going to hit him with a sheet of drywall, and he won't be there the next time I come through. That's how I operate. You know, I I, I do a lot of piecework. I got paid for the sheets that were on the wall, not the ones that I didn't get a chance to put up because somebody forgot to put a light switch in. You know, 
Well, when I show up, man, get the hell out of the way because I'm coming through. Those sheets are 12 feet long. They weigh 120 pounds. And when I'm moving fast, that sheet doesn't slow down. I might stop, but the sheet's going to keep going. <laughs> and it's going to be painful. Get the hell out of the way. And that's yeah. how, you know, these guys operate the same way. They've got a job to do for the good administration of government, and they're going to do it. That's what they get paid to do. Right? Hmm. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for info. Oh, no problem. <laughs> I didn't mean to shut you down. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. That's what. I, that's why I was just telling Mike that I was like that. It was, uh, unfortunately, my situation, like I said, I'm I was a CDL operator at the time uh, when I did get pulled over in the initial in this initial uh, situation. What's the difference? What's the difference between a CDL operator and a driver? Mm, there is none. Exactly. <laughs> there, there is none. They're both commercial activities. They're both contracts under Title 27 of the Highway Safety Act. Now, wow. you go, back to Rod, go, go back to Rod Cross and listen to recording number uh, 472 from September of 2011. Now, okay. He, he breaks down... Uh, in like 40 minutes, it's, it's the, you know, it's where I, you know, I, I followed his little paper trail thing, and it was fucking excellent. It was great. He did an awesome job at showing where everything comes from. So if you want to see that the driver's license and the CDL are absolutely uh, the same, you know, one, one's got to do uh, with, you know, driving persons for hire. The other one's got to do with transporting uh, material. And then there's hazardous Hazmat licenses, you know, there's all these different licenses that you can get, but they all stem from the same place. Wow. Hey, I've got another call. I'll be right back. Wow. What what was that code he said? I mean, that call? Broad class what? What number? Uh, Did he say 400 and something? 462, I think. All right, I'm back. Was that 462, last class number 462? 472. 472. It was in September, and I think it was on the, on the 17th, September 17th, and I think uh, probably 2011. Because I said around, around listening to you guys all day and all night. <laughs> Rod Class also brought out the fact that whoever pulls you over has to be DOT certified, and only the Secretary of Transportation can bring charges against you. Yeah, there's there's a whole lot of great stuff in there, but uh, you don't have you don't have to know any of it. Okay, I'm a man. Who's going to testify that there is a contract, and then who's going to testify that I was operating under the contract? After we get those out of the way, then we can hear Bob tell everybody how I was breaching the contract. But first, you have to first you have to you know somebody has to testify that there is a contract. Then they have to testify that I was operating under the contract. Then we could talk about how it was breached. So, you know, okay. there's a lot of okay. stuff that needs to be out of the way first. People jump, you know, they go to court and they jump right in. All, you know, they admit right away that they were operating under the license because they're saying, I was only doing 57, I wasn't doing 63. It's not the, you know, great. You're admitting that you're under contract. Pay the fine. 
Okay. And what's the difference when between you, 57 and 63? 18 bucks? Pay the 18 bucks. Wow. Now, when you say under contract, what are you specific? What are you saying right there when you say under contract? That who's going to who's going to test okay, Bob, Bob Bob meets Jane. Bob likes Jane. Bob's hot for Jane. Bob goes and gets a, a marriage license, which expires in ninety days. He uses the marriage license to 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 solidify or whatever you want to call it the the marriage you know under contract. That's a marriage contract. That's a that's a contract that was licensed by the state. The ordained minister for the church, uh, somehow, he did it, you know, for some strange reason, he decided he was going to go to the state and apply for a permit to, to do weddings, all right? And so he's, he's licensed by the state. So he's the third party who testifies with you and, and, and the other one. He's the disinterested party who, uh, disinterested, uh, impartial. Uh, that 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 testifies on the document that you guys are now under license. So you go get divorced, and you're and you're talking about contract law. The driver's license is exactly the same thing. Hmm. It's all contract. Hmm. Okay. Wow. I see. Your, I understand your angle now, right? I understand. I understand it now. Wow. That's. I love. I, lo- I love it. I love it. Wow. Here you go. Yeah. What? I, I noticed That's something about about this. This guy said before. I, I don't know your name, but um, you mentioned that on Wesley. that ticket. Okay. So yeah, you mentioned on that ticket it says that compliance is voluntary. That's yep. a big opening right there. Yep. They're saying you don't right. have to comply. But that's see that's a statutory argument. Compliance is voluntary. Uh, for a driver, or you know, but it's it's for uh, for a man. Uh, what the hell is compliance? I don't know what that means. It's legalese. Mm. Yep. In, in a little box at the very bottom, I'm looking at it right now. It says Authority uh, colon 1949 PA 300, and then Compliant colon Voluntary. That's what it says at the bottom of the, uh, on the bottom side Com- of it. Compliance. Yeah, compliance, colon, okay. voluntary. Yeah. Okay, but again... You know, I have no idea what that about, is then. You're talking Never about statu- statutory stuff, and you know, I'll be the first one to tell you, I, you know, I've studied a lot of the statutory stuff here in New Hampshire. I've looked at the codes. I've researched redress. I've researched stuff. I mean, I've held parchment paper from 1703, 1706, you know, 1810. I've done a lot of research. I found some really cool stuff. But when it comes to the modern-day stuff, the, the ordinances, the statutes and all that stuff, I don't understand any of it because it's all contract now, okay? It's, mm. not, it's not public law like it was back then, okay? Back then, it was, it was different. And today you don't have that. Today you've got statutory stuff. It's all contract. Right. <coughs> right. Yep. Sorry. Yeah, I thought I heard something else about what what you said there. Uh, yeah, those are our long words. I didn't think about that, but they're just long, long legalese words. Hmm. All right. All right. Yeah. I don't know who's. Did anybody get their hand up? I should have probably worked with the board. All right. Nobody's got their hand up. 
any questions? I don't know if I, I don't want this call to drag on forever. We've already been on for uh, for three hours. Uh, I know I stepped out a few times, but I I really recommend you guys just uh, go ahead and listen to Kyle's stuff. You know, call uh, call uh, episode. Call 63, episode 63. Okay. Uh, got a lot of good traffic stuff on it. Yeah, I'm, I'm about halfway through that right now. I'm going to go back and listen to that. Um, so if there's somebody on here who's got a question, uh, raise your hand. If there's something you, you need to be addressed, you, you know, something you want to address right away. But What episode was that again, Gus, for the traffic with Carl? Episode 63. Yeah, and and you know, please uh, please remember to donate. You know, this is all Carl does. Uh, he does other stuff, but I mean, this is really, you know, this is where uh, the rubber meets the road for him. And I'm I'm finding myself in a in a similar uh, position, and I'm sure Mike is. I mean, he's putting in a shitload of time to this. I uh, you know, I don't have Mike's uh, PayPal button. I don't even know if he's got one. But, uh, you know, I don't have that on my website. I do have Craig Lynch's. Uh, you know, if you appreciate the stuff that Craig Lynch does, you know, send them 10 bucks. But, uh, you know, make make sure you, you show some appreciation to some of these people who are helping you out. You know, so if somebody, you know, Janine uh, transcribed some stuff, you know, uh, show her some appreciation. I don't know what you can do for her, but, uh, you know, we all work together, and in that way, we all uh, we all support each other. We all show appreciation, and it's real important that we continue to do that. There's a lady in England that got a hold of me this week, said she wanted to send me, uh, you know, some money, and I was, you know, she's talking about the, you know, some of the stuff she's going through. I don't want her sending me squat. You know, just you know, enjoy your life. Uh, but uh, but if you've got it to give, you know. Uh, it's sure nice to see when it comes in. Yeah, if you remember, Justin, I hear you correctly. Did you say you don't have a PayPal a PayPal account? I've got one on my website, redressfordummies.org. Carl's uh, PayPal. I do not have a PayPal for Carl on my website. Uh, Carl was very clear about. Uh, when I set up my website, I, you know, I ran a by him. I said, what are the stuff? You know, he, he says, well, I don't want you putting any of my stuff on there without me seeing it and approving it. And I, So I, I figured I'll just direct. I'm not going to get involved with Carl's stuff. You know, I'll, I'll, you know, he's got his PayPal button at broadmind.org. And uh, so if you donate to Carl, it's www.broadmind.org. I guess there's some other... Uh, Broadmind website that sells things. That is not Carl's website. Carl, as far as I know, does not sell anything. I've never seen anything for sale on Carl's website. So if you go to a Broadmind website that's selling something, that's not Carl's. Carl has a donate button, but uh, he does not. Somebody, somebody told me like two days ago they paid 50 pounds for. Uh, some kind of an invoice pad, and they never got it. Well, th- that's not Carl. I'm telling you right now, he doesn't, you know, that that's not at broadmind.org. 
Oh, oh, okay, so that so that's what I wanted to know from Carl because I'm actually a Night Rider. I, I, you mentioned he mentioned Night Rider Express a couple times on the show. That was me that donated to him, but I'm glad he just said that because I've been wanting to get those invoice pads, and I remember that's supposed to be that Bali guy or so, whoever it is, somebody doing that with those invoice yeah, they, pads. Yeah, uh, Carl does. I mean, unless he's added something recently, Carl does not sell stuff on his website. Yeah, you know, okay. that was uh he had Bali did have a website uh where he was selling things for uh you know, for Carl but you know, I'm not sure what went down over there. None of my business and I choose to stay out of it. But uh central Minnesota has a hand up. I don't see that. <laughs> this is Jim from uh Minnesota. And uh I uh got a, another letter from uh the agent from the IRS. And uh, I, uh, the the first three letters that I sent to her that you suggested, never got any kind of response from her. But then when I sent oh, in, I, what, what do you mean I suggested three letters? The the, the, the typical letter writing stuff. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. Not, not that I specifically worked with you on, because I don't I don't know who you are. <laughs> okay. Are you interested in working on this? <laughs> Well, it's the same. The thing is, is I've got, I have not. Um, I filed taxes till 2009. They gave me a real hard time about something that I filed in my taxes because I was claiming two of my daughters, and uh, I had the release from their mother to claim them for that year. And then she went ahead and claimed one of them, and it, it just screwed all of the paperwork up. I, I still haven't resolved that yet. And uh, they don't want to hear nothing. They want me to jump through hoops. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm so fed up with these people. And uh, so I haven't even taken care of my own stuff because, first of all, I wrote a letter in April of last year to send out, and Mark told me that I was communicating a threat. So I figured, well, I better shut up and start learning. And I never got back to it. So uh, what do you do? Uh, you know, it, it's you know, send me a bill. Where's the debt? You know, you're claiming there's a debt. Send me a bill. You know, a bill for for a debt that you believe is true, due, and owing, and I'll pay it. You know, if I can't pay it all in one shot, I'll make payment arrangements. But you know, don't count on me to say I owe you something. I don't. You know, I don't believe I do, or I believe I only owe you eighteen hundred dollars, or you know, whatever it is that your beliefs are. But uh, you know, every everything. Every incident, every event or or case or whatever you want to call it is different. And, and no man can tell another man what to do with his stuff. The letter writing stuff is is, uh, is general in nature. You know, write a letter. You know, it depends. You know, when you're talking about a debt, uh, pay the debt, you know, and, and, and get it verified in open court if possible. But... Uh, yeah, if you know you owe something, make payment arrangements. I mean, well, you know, again, uh, dealing with this agent now, uh, she doesn't want to. Uh, she won't uh, accept payments. That's that's what she's interested in. She's interested in having me uh, uh, sign complete uh, 1040 forms and uh, form 433 and just a, a shitload of other stuff. So, so they're not claiming a debt, uh, and you're talking about a woman, not IRS, not. Okay, you're talking about a man, a woman who who uh, is operating as an employee of some corporation. Of the IRS. And, 
Yeah, and but it's the man or the woman. So right. they're claiming that you did not do certain paperwork. Right. Well, and what what they're demanding right now is, like I say, about uh, four paragraphs of uh, you know information that they want to uh, list all your businesses which uh, you're involved in and uh, list all the vehicles that you own and list all the real property and. Uh, so, so you you know. Did you write to them and say, you know, please show me the law uh, which requires a man to submit to to your requests? Okay, that's that's what I'm trying to figure out is what I'm going to uh, put in next. So uh, the well, other thing, yeah, Mary, uh, I'm I'm writing to you as a woman who uh, I believe is employed, or, you know, or you know, who I believe is employed by, you know, in quotes. IRS, because I don't know what they're actually called, uh, but that's the common name. So you put it in quotes because I don't know what the, you know, it says IRS thing on the letter, whatever that is. Uh, and I require to know uh, what you ask of me and your authority for asking me these things. You know, the letter that they sent you is some form letter created by attorneys. You know, she didn't hand write that thing. So that's legalese. You don't, you know, I, I don't know, maybe you do understand legalese. I don't. God, no. <laughs> you know, I have no idea what the, what those things mean. And, you know, one of the problems with communicating with these, you know, this man or this woman is we're speaking a different language. You know, you're using, if you go to Black's Dictionary and open it up to the front cover, it says these are the definitions of words and phrases, of uh, terms. Terms and phrases, okay? They're not the definitions of words. So these people are using terms and phrases which have specific definitions in the legal society, which I am not aware of. I have never been compensated to be aware of these things, and I'm not going to waste any of my time figuring it out. You, you either write to me in my language, in common English parlance, but don't expect any kind of reasonable answer because I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, well, <laughs> they've uh, they've got a bunch of stuff that I don't understand. So, oh, another interesting thing is that they finally answered. Uh, this uh, agent uh, told me what uh, her uh, supervisor's name was, and that's Christopher Rottweiler. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I wish I had a name like that. <laughs> yes. So I don't know if that's a true name or or whatever. So yeah, oh, just... whatever, you know, dear Christopher, you got a cool name. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on, and I don't I don't understand the language you guys are are, are sending at me. Uh, you know, I require you to write to me in in common English parlance. Uh, you know. You got to figure this stuff out on your own. You know, it's <laughs> Mike writes, uh, "Greetings, Bob. Please meet me on the correct side of the court, where we can speak English." Kind regards. <laughs> I love it. And a great. All right, so you got me. Uh, you got me going again. I appreciate that. Yeah, like I said, man. Listen to Carl's recordings. Right at the beginning of of uh, Talk Show 63, he covers IRS stuff right at the beginning. Just you know, I, I'm listening to the compressed recording, so it's six minutes in for me. But on the on the regular 
version of that recording. It might be 20 minutes in. I don't, I don't know, but it's it's right at the beginning of the call. Okay. You said 63, guys? 63? Yeah. Okay. Maybe right. we should change this. It's running to Bob. We should change it to uh, Barney Rubble or, or Fred Flintstone. Whatever. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Gus? Yeah? Yeah. Uh, sorry. I was noticing, uh, as it was at Carl's site the other day, and I noticed that uh, in his documents he showed the U.S. District uh, District Court's website, and I was over there trying to figure, you know, I wanted to to actually print it out directly from the website, and they actually moved it around for what he actually had on his website with the document. Yeah, they moved it. It doesn't exist anymore. I was like, oh my goodness. Uh, If you go to you can you can go to our uh, website archival uh, services. There, there, there's companies that have I forget what it's called, but uh, you can go back in time. There's like the time machine for websites, and you can actually see what was what was there before. It's still available, just not at the official website. Uh, but oh. what Carl has talks about common law. And if you go to the you know the current glossary of terms for the uh, government, the you know the the courts government dot gov website, whatever the website is, you'll see that they're talking about federal court decisions. You know that's their description of common law. So you know they might talk about common law, but that that doesn't mean uh, it's the same common law we're talking about. Right. Right. Yeah, just just Google archive websites, you'll find stuff like that. Okay, appreciate that. First one right here that I'm looking at is the Wayback Machine. So that's a it be pretty effective. All right, hey, we're uh, we're over three hours. Is there uh, anybody got something that they want to talk about that they can't wait till tomorrow night on Angela's call? Thanks, Gus. You're uh, you're probably right that I should uh, have a have a show eventually because I I don't intend to to leave this whole discussion about common law after I fix my problems. Yeah, well, it's you know it's it's part of life. It's yeah, it's, it, it covers lots of areas that you really need to stay informed on. Yeah, and I explain common law to people all the time. It's really easy. I say that common law is what you what is ever is in your heart that's going to cause you to do the next thing. There you go. The next thing I'm going to do is going to say the next words I'm going to say would make the next step I'm going to make. Whether I end up feeling like I like it or not, that was in my heart to make me move that way. Yeah. There you go. So I hope to see you. Uh, I hope to hear about your your call and. Uh, I'll certainly advertise it here uh, because I, I think a lot a lot of people should be doing this stuff. Is drive-through legalese? <laughs> uh, for, that's funny, Mike. Chelsea, you can call. Chelsea can call. What? Chelsea, can you call in? Where is Chelsea? She can put it on the board. If you if she's got a question, just throw it up here. I, I don't know. Uh, which which guest number is Chelsea? 
Uh, yeah, if somebody's got a question and, and they're only on the computer and they want an answer, just type it onto the board here. She's number 29. Okay. Can't wondering about how to file my answer. Well, you got to know the question first. Is filing a good word? No, it's just What's putting that? something on like a... I remember filing is, as far as their... Uh, as far as the the common, like, customs of the courts themselves, the word file would mean something like just putting something on a line to dry. Uh, it depends on which, you know, whether you're looking at, you know, if you're talking to a woman about filing, she's going to be talking about her nails. That, right. There's nothing legalese about that. Yeah, it just depends on who you're talking to and what what they're going to think. Uh, yeah, it, it depends on... Uh, you know, if you're going to file your answer, uh, I don't know. You know, it, if your if your answer is on a on a on a marble tablet, you you might be filing the corners down so nobody gets cut. I, <laughs> and, and also, you got to learn the words. Yeah, you know, some illegal words like Carl's Dictionary. You know, it's a, it's got a lot of blue, it's got a lot of red, and it's got a lot of green. You know, the blue's common law, the red's legalese, and the green can go either way. And you know the, the uh, I'd, I'd share my screen uh, and show you guys what that looks like, but uh, yeah, I, he's not, well, somebody's going to take a screenshot of it and then make it public, and, and he's not done, so he doesn't want misinformation going out there because he hasn't had a chance to wrap it up yet. So right. if he didn't have to move, uh, you know, he might have been able to work on it. But be, between getting sick and moving. You know, now summer's coming around. Uh, well, he's not going to be on the farm anymore. He's going to huh. be at his mom's. He's going to be at his mom's place. But uh, you know, I think he's planning on taking some personal time and just going to the gym and doing what he's got to do. So, uh, good. yeah. So he might uh, he might be finishing up the dictionary. I don't know. But is there anybody? I don't, I don't uh, ever. Okay. I only ever on. hear that man working. They are alleging I am unfit. For custody. When's your next hearing, Chelsea? What's uh? When's when's the next hearing you've got? On the fifteenth. Oh, that's right. Okay, so you got a week. Uh, does Melissa have your phone number? Answer by the tenth. Yep. Okay. Uh, have you gotten the uh, case file from Melissa? The uh, the certified complete case. Uh, don't freak out. Um, there's a lot that can be done. And I'll tell you what. Let me uh, let me get off this call. And I'll talk with Melissa about what's going on when I get off the call, and uh, we can we can talk tomorrow. I'm available in the morning. I'm going to be driving out to see John in the afternoon. Uh, I got I got the almost full report for 130 today. Okay, cool. Uh, is that scanned into the computer for for uh, so I can read it?
I'm going to get off the call, and I'm going to get on the phone with Melissa and Chelsea. She's got some, I think she might have a final, uh, they they took her kid last, about a year ago in May, and I think she's coming up on a a final hearing for uh, for placement, permanent placement. Uh, It's pretty important that that we talk about this stuff. So you can keep calling going, or are you going to... I'm 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 just gonna close the recording down, and you guys can right. keep chatting. I, you know, unless there's something that somebody wants recorded, I'll stay on for a few minutes. You know, or somebody's got something else to, you know, uh, if it's a benefit to everybody, I'll you know I'll, I'll stay on for the recording. But I, I think we're off. Yeah, yeah. We've been on for three hours. I'm gonna be on Angela's call tomorrow night for two hours. Uh, yeah, Mike's got his call on Monday nights. You know. We're going to be on with with Kyle on Saturday, so just uh, keep uh, you know, keep in touch. I mean, there's a, there's plenty of opportunity to iron out the uh, the stuff. So I'm going to wrap this one up, and we'll, we'll, you guys can stay on and keep talking. That's fine. Sounds good. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.